It's that time of the week again, the time you've all been waiting for. It's time for What's Your Point? The show that we talk about sports, politics, news, and everything else that we feel like it. With hosts Kevin Jenkins, Mark Fredo, and me, Eric Holdo. And now it's time to step up and tell us what's your point. Happy hump day, everybody. It's that time of the week, Wednesday. And uh, so many things to talk about today, so many issues to cover. First of all, I'd like to acknowledge the wonderful crowd that's here today. We have people from all over the world. To give you an idea, we are here live at Cutter Cigar Emporium on, in Alpharetta on Windward Parkway. Do you want to give the exact uh, – not, not you're not for re- ready yeah. for that, but we'll give you the exact <laughs> location here in just a moment. Yeah. But we've got people who are tycoons in the in – the, uh, Energy drinks and, uh, you know, the vegetable drinks and everything else. We've got a tycoon <laughs> sitting right over there. We've got musicians here. We've got, a, we've got a magnet of real estate sitting across from us. We've got a tycoon in the high-speed printer business. We've got a tycoon in the uh, tailoring business. I mean, all people come and gather at Cutter Cigar Emporium at... You still don't have it ready. No, I'm not I? pulling it up right oh, now. Okay. We're, we're going to do that later. All right. Well, it's Windward Cutter Park. Cigar we know that. On Windward Parkway in Alpharetta, Georgia. It's, yeah. re- it's really easy. It's right off of 400. One, one block uh, west of, uh, of 400. 400. That's it. But, you know, there's so many exciting things. we got Magnificent Ben behind the counter today. And uh, I'm telling you, this is a great crowd, great group of people, and we have some great topics to start off with. I'm going to kind of throw a wrench into things. It's easy to start with. Let's well, talk a little bit about sports. There's a shock. Okay. Look, oh, okay. You know, the, the rankings came out so far. You know, the BCS rankings came out this week. And uh, what was interesting was ESPN showed the rankings at the same time last year and how it ended up. Because November, that's it, folks. Things can change dramatically. Were you happy with the uh, selections? Um, do you think they were accurate? Do you think they depicted the four best teams that are out there right now? These are all questions that are, are really nagging people right now. And I turn to our sports authority over here, the Greek. And, Mark, I mean, what, were, what was your take? I, I, listen, Notre Dame is five. I was kind of surprised they were that high. I mean, they've played some amazing games, and they've had a wonderful season so far despite all the injuries. And they were number five. But what's your take on the, on the uh, BCS right now? Well, I was a little surprised that they put Alabama in there so early. Uh, but I think that they did it on purpose because they know that those two teams are going to take care of each other this weekend. Yeah. And one of them will be kicked out. And that will open the door for Notre Dame and Baylor to move up. The other team that, uh, you know, th- like you were saying just now, though, there's so much football to be played this month. Uh, you've got you've still got Michigan State that's going to be a play you know play a big factor in it. They're going to have to go to the Big Ten championship. They also have to play Ohio State next week, don't right. they? Right. Uh, so they'll they could, they'll potentially play Ohio State twice. Yeah. You've, you've got Florida State that's got Clemson this week, as you pointed out. Then they could potentially play them again. Um, in the championship. Florida still has to play Florida State. Now, that's not a conference game for either one, but when you've got two teams potentially in the top ten looking to get into the, the final four, that's, that game's going to have national implications there. There's just so much going on. The Pac-12 is a little quiet right now. Um, now we've got an expert of the, on the Pac-12 sitting across from me. Yeah. Uh, with, with They've Utah had a rough season UCLA. Uh, well, I mean, they won. They yeah. won this week. But, I mean, not just UCLA, the pac the Pac-12? Yeah. They've beaten each other up. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some pretty good teams, though. Uh, but it's kind of funny to see Oregon fall by the wayside, as they have with uh, 
you know, you can tell they say one man does not make a uh, team, yeah. but I'll tell you, in the case of Oregon, it sure does. <laughs> and and, and the, the surprising rise of Utah just in the last, what, three or four years to really come into national prominence there, so you wonder what those kids are getting paid. But how else do you, uh, you know, if, if your school was like, on, on the beach somewhere, you know, maybe beside something. Westwood's pretty nice. I could see why a kid would want to go to UCLA. But you're going to Utah, man. Uh, but, uh, well, you think South Bend is a, is a <laughs> that's a hotbed of social activity? No, that's true, too. Well, yeah. Utah does have a lot of blondes. To say they may all be related, but they've got a lot. Of <laughs> oh blocks. wow! There's hate. No, well, actually, there's not. I really like Utah. But anyway, so you got some undefeated teams that really uh, aren't going to get the respect that their alumni base probably thinks they deserve. Teams like Memphis and Houston, you know, that are both undefeated. But Memphis has one feather in their cap. They beat a, um, a an SEC school in Ole Miss. But yeah. you know, when it comes down to it, there's really no way those four, those schools are going to figure into the Final Four. Yeah, and as I look at the rankings, I mean, going back to the Pac-12 for a second, I mean, we've got Stanford and Utah that are still uh, 11 and 12. We've got um, uh, UCLA at 23, and that's it. I mean, USC, gone yeah. out of it. We helped uh, We yeah. helped put the stake both, in Both that. Arizona schools? Yeah, both Arizona schools are gone, which, interestingly, it's one of UCLA's losses was against uh, Arizona which yeah. was or ASU, which was uh, unfortunate. But, but do, well, this begs the question, do you all like – the system as it's set up now? Do you think it was better than the old system? What are your thoughts, and do you think four is enough? Well, I think you answered the question. I, I, I think that the, I like the system in the direction that they're going, but I don't think four is enough, and I don't think the NCAA thought four was enough, but they did it this way to generate all of this controversy and, and that yeah. we're going to have this year, so they solved the problem by saying give the people what they want. We're going to move it to eight. Boy, there's some big games this weekend. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. you got – the big, of course, the marquee game has been moved to 8 o'clock. That is uh, LSU and Alabama. And you talk about one player making a difference. What happens if Fournette, and, you know, I hate to even say that, but Fournette is such an amazing player. The guy is averaging this season in his sophomore year is averaging 193 yards a game. I mean, he's already had 15 touchdowns for LSU. Yeah. I mean, the kid's got his name on the Heisman right now, barring any unforeseen. I, I think LSU is going to roll over Alabama. Uh, really? Now, it's I, at I Tuscaloosa. I, 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 I disagree. I I'd probably go the other way. Um, I don't think Alabama's going to lose two home games in one season. You don't? No. I, I think it'll be a very tight game. But what I, are the I, odds of that happening, Greek? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wonder if the LSU fans afterwards will go to the local Crystals and beat some guy up uh, unmercilessly. Oh, like. Yeah, you know, Alabama fans have a bad history of doing bad things after games. Losses. Well, yeah, when they uh, lost to Auburn and the guy went and poisoned the trees outside of yeah. tumors. I mean, just come on. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so I, it's listen, a religion, I, though. It, I agree. It, that, that's their, their yeah. only well, thing they have going for them. I agree it is a religion. but So it's going to be very interesting this week. There's some marquee games that you're going to want to. What, about, a big, what a, about Florida State and Clemson? Yeah, that's the next one I was going to talk about. That's going to be a huge game. Yeah. And I believe it's at Clemson. It's at Clemson. Florida yeah. State's a seven-point underdog. And I'm not surprised. I mean, Clemson, speaking from they firsthand. Might, they might even be more than that. I, I think. I, I think – LSU is a seven and a, as a seven-point underdog to Alabama, but I think uh, Florida State is more than that. I'll have to check. Wow. But, I mean, that's, so there's some big – I mean, if you're a football junkie, a college football junkie, this weekend's going to be huge for you. And then, of course, next weekend, everybody will keep their eyes on uh, Ohio State and Michigan State. 
that'll be a bloodbath. That'll be that'll be a great game. So we've got some great college football. And just remember how many times it changed last year in the month of November. I mean, Notre Dame still their final game this year used to be USC. Do you know who it is this year? Stanford. Stanford. And it's on the road. Really? Yeah, it's at Stanford. So you talk about tipping things upside that, down. That's an interesting it, game. Yeah, that's going to be a very, very big game. And for those of you who have not had the chance to watch Showtime, if you have Showtime at home, whether you're a Notre Dame fan or not, this season with Notre Dame, where they put the cameras in the locker rooms and the t- fields and everything else, you know, and they, they go in the locker rooms during halftime of the game that's just been played. Clemson's a 12-point favor. And let me wow. tell you something. You you really get to see the program from the inside out. You get to see Coach Kelly's philosophies and the way the players react and, and the coaches' philosophies when they're talking to these kids in the meetings and stuff. You really get to see – how how much intensity there is yeah. and how these kids react to, uh, you know, uh, just it, it's just a great insight. Next year, I'm sure they'll follow another team, but this year they for their inaugural, they chose Notre Dame, and I thought it was a good idea, obviously, because I'm a big Notre well, Dame fan. Did but. you ever see the series The Drive? Mm-mm. Oh, that was, uh, that, that was a series, actually, that they followed UCLA uh, last year. Same sort of, same sort of thing. Yeah, same format. And I think they just moved it to Showtime, basically, and they'll they'll pick a different team every year. But mm-hmm. the first one was actually UCLA. Now, let me ask you this: with Notre Dame, mm-hmm. do you think there's going to be any surprises with Pitt? I mean, I know Pitt's unranked, but they're, it's they're, unranked. they're six and two. But mm-hmm. here's the deal: any team now who's up there, for a lot of the teams that they're going to play, it determines either their season or it determines if they did nothing else but beat Notre Dame, beat Alabama, beat LSU. I mean, these small teams, these teams that may not be ranked, they're they're playing for they're playing for everything, you know. I mean, this is a like perfect example is Notre Dame this weekend when we went into Temple. Now, I I saw that as a real gotcha game. I mean, Temple was totally fired up. This was the biggest game in the, of the century for, and Temple hasn't been really supported by the Philly fans. Philadelphia hasn't really, but I mean, they were all out for that game, and that was just that was college football at its finest, down to the last seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, Notre Dame pulled it off, but it was a huge win for them, and I think that win over a good team, as good a team as they were, bumped them up to number five. I didn't think they would finish five, but they gave more impetus to the fact that they played a really good team and they and they beat them. They didn't wallop them, but they beat them, and that was. Uh, that was it, so it'll be very interesting. I think um, the, the the upset that I'm looking at this week, and it might not be an upset, but just because they're undefeated, you'd have to call them that. So I think Navy can beat Memphis. Listen, man, I'm telling you, I keep talking about that triple option. If you don't play it and you only have a week to prepare for it, and Navy's got the best triple option team, their coach says the best he's ever coached, but it's been pretty widely spoken by most all the commentators, that's the best team of triple option players that Navy's ever had. Yeah, they're an eight-point uh, eight underdog, but I think that they can, I think they can beat Memphis. You know, for an, unra- Memphis. for an unranked team to be an eight-point underdog against, uh, what, uh, number 13 or something like that? So it's going to be. That's pretty good. I, 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 think, I think Memphis's time is over. I, I just don't think they're that good. Uh, well, they it, haven't played anybody other than Ole Miss. Yeah. But um, Ole Miss, that was a big same win thing for them. with Houston. But Ole yeah. Miss is, is hitting. Yeah, no, they're, no, they're, no, not, they're no, not the same team they were last year. Yeah, yeah, they beat Alabama, you know, who, which just goes college football. In Tuscaloosa. But that, yeah. just, that just goes to Alabama, not necessarily to Ole Miss. I, I don't yeah, five turnovers, five that, turnovers game. Yeah. that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so we just thought we'd start off with that. And uh, for those of you who agree with it, 
Uh, I think I think eventually we're going to see an eight team. I think it's going to eventually get to eight teams. I think it's going to have to. You're only adding a week. And, yeah. And and there's there's a couple of weeks in between the the conference championship games and the bowl games anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could easily slide it in there. Yeah. Well, it's going to be very very interesting. But we thought we'd lead off with that because that's something that everybody can jump on the bandwagon and and agree. But talking about the bandwagon, we're going to start out this week talking about the debates. And and the first thing I'm going to say is watching the Republican debate last weekend. When I when I initially I only got to see clips of it. I didn't get to see the whole thing. But I got to tell you, I was absolutely elated, elated, and not for the reasons that you might think. What was your What was your thoughts? Uh, well, I I don't know what your what your reason was, but I was elated that they didn't stand back and take it anymore. They they said what everybody has been thinking for years and years about the liberal media, and they didn't they didn't just sit there and, and play their game. You know, yeah. those questions were ridiculous. And, gr- and, and they, uh, were, they weren't questions. Eric? Yeah, well, because um, we always like to get the rhino perspective. You know, it's always nice to uh, please. There, I, I'm there, queuing you there, up. There yeah, there I hope you have this one queued no up. There's no rhino here. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, oops, wrong button. Where is it? Where? There it is. The sound there of the rhino. The there we the go. The baby rhino. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, no, here's here's the thing. I loved what Ted Cruz did. I love that he, he took called, the lead. He, he definitely took the lead. And basically, st- it's like you know, stop this. You know, you're asking about cartoon characters and this and, and that. It, go he, ahead. He I'll was he was exactly he was exactly right in what in what he said and how he approached it. I thought uh, those moderators. Uh, I mean, well, the one what's the, the Lockwood or no, Lakewood? No, or what, the, the head the, moderator. Yeah, yeah. He, the he, guy that asked Trump the question about the cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was awful. He was just awful, and it's so it, it's just so clear what their agenda was. And none of the questions were about the economy, which is what it's supposed to be about. So the first problem I have is, hey, stick with. You know, there's there's debate prep that goes on based on what the topics are going to be. If we want to have a debate, then that's what you talk about. Now, what what really got me was Obama's little comment. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, well, I'll, right. I'll throw it to you on that one. Okay. But that's that's post. So I will. You know, my reasons for loving it are very similar to yours, Greek, because we call finally we grew a spine. Finally, we stood up, and and Ted Cruz, hands down, had the best. He got the number one rated. In fact, uh, Frank Lunds, who does this uh, focus group, he's been doing it for 12 years. Uh, never, has, never has the top button on the shirt buttoned either. Well, yeah. I know he, and he looks, Frank Lunds. He always looks like a slob. Yeah, he looks like he's all disheveled. You know? He looks like I would look. You know, and I'm, I'm expecting something a little, yeah, I'm expecting something a little more out of my moderators than looking like, uh, you know, like tennis he shoes. He woke up and, in his suit. Yeah, but anyway, Frank Lunds, if love him or hate him, he does an interesting focus group, and he's been doing it for 12 years. He's done it over a multitude of topics and things. But Ted Cruz's comment by the it Republicans spiked, the spiked said that in the history of 12 years yeah. spanning all topics, yeah. no one hit a near-perfect score like he did among no, conservatives. He, 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 said, was, he was tracking conservatives and moderates. Right, and – he said no one yeah. has ever in any poll he's ever done spiked a 98. He said that's so close to perfection. Only two people had to change their vote out of 28 that were in the audience. 26 of them agreed. And he picked up, there were three crew supporters when going into the debate. When it came out, he had eight. Now you take that times 26, 
and you can see why he's gotten the bump in the polls. It's what we've talked he's about. He's the guy to look out for. He, you know, he's the one you've got to. He's the one that is really capturing the excitement now. He's starting to. The media, the mainstream media, refuses to uh, to really court him and 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 do a lot of stories on him. Mm -hmm. They're they're purposely ignoring him, and and people have to be very conscious about that because the media is going to try to pick the Republican nominee, mm -hmm. and it, if they're avoiding somebody like Ted Cruz, there's a reason for it, and they're I afraid of it. I think well, and also the problem is what the media loves to do is find the dirt. There's no dirt on the guy. They, they've been trying. They've been digging and digging and digging and digging. The guy is just a good guy. And I'll tell you, some other people stepped up this week. Marco Rubio stepped up. And uh, then he stepped in it afterwards. But he, he, he stepped up. Chris Christie stepped up, too. Yep. He had a, he had a great yeah, one-liner. And then he turns around and steps in it afterwards because they get full of themselves. And, they, uh, you know, but uh, uh, Trump, again, won by by the uh by the uh, all the snapshot polls after the debate the instant snapshots where they had trump winning carson did okay but he you know afterwards and as the polls have come out he's doing better and uh he's he's definitely taking a jump up rubio took a nice jump up jeb bush my god he's, the guy he's just gotta go yeah, he's, i'm sorry he, he just as dry as dry can be, and he just—he's uncomfortable and uh, awkward. He's—he's uh, he's nothing like his brother. They—they they talked about his brother being sort of a bumbling guy, mm -hmm. but I—I I think George had a great personality. He did, and, and Jeb just has no personality. Well, you know the problem is, I think I blame it on this. I've said from the get-go, I don't think Jeb really wanted to do it as much as he was. Drafted, by drafted to do it, and and I think you can see that if you really want to do something, you get excited. You know, you're jacked up. And I've seen some of his campaign speeches when he was running for governor. He really loved that position. He was good, and I've debated him personally. And the guy was much better when I debated him because he was debating on behalf of his father at Northern Illinois when he was running against Reagan. So I had firsthand, and I saw this, and it was it was amazing how tenacious he was and how. But this time around, I'm like, who is this guy up there? I don't even recognize him. And I, and I really believe he's kind of, well, it's like when your mom told you to do something and you were like, eh. When you wanted to do something, it was great. But when your mom wanted you to do it, it was like, eh. Well, how uncomfortable did he seem when he went after Rubio? Mm -hmm. And Rubio, hit, it just, to me, hit, hit the response out of the park. It's basically like. The original joke was pretty funny when he got on French work week. Yeah. You know, and of course the French but then came it, back firing. Uh, how dare you? You yeah. know, we're working 39 hours a week and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, it was a funny line, but then Rubio, it's like he knew what the answer was, and he came back and blistered him with he it. He was very good. When he yeah. comes back and basically says, "Who's someone's telling you to say this stuff and to attack me, and that's going to have you win. It's yeah, not, oh, yeah. I mean, he just sort of looked at him like, you're, oh. you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to attack him. He didn't, he just, he just, uh, I think he did a very good job. And I really like how Rubio performed. Yes, he um, did. You, you know, uh, Carson got a big uh, bump, as we saw. Yeah. I will say the the interesting thing, though, is the Reuters poll out today. Yeah, I saw has, that. It has him dropping. I mean, he dropped precipitously in the last two days, last three days, actually. But Jeb I, I, is in third in that poll, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he, uh, he's barely in third. Rubio and Jeb are, like, neck and neck right now in that poll. So Rubio is, is you know, up and down, up and down. I'm looking at the the, uh, the scattergram right now on it, um, but Trump is definitely. I mean, he's in a slight downward 
path. But that was you, expected. Whenever you sit on the top by as much as he has for so long, yeah, you know you. Uh, but but did you see the was it a Quinnipiac poll, the national poll that um, had electability or or who would win between Hillary and yeah, that's different. And Trump was neck and neck with Hillary. I mean, within the margin of error, Carson had they had him beating her by 10 points. Mm-hmm. That's why she's courting the, the black vote right now. She's, she's, there was a memo that they leaked, or they actually leaked it on purpose, I think, uh, giving her strategy for going after the black vote. I, th- I think she's concerned about him. Well, she is, and you notice yesterday. She's talking about being down with the struggle and all, but here's a guy that actually lived the struggle, and, and I think his story could resonate with a lot of people. And here's what's interesting. Hillary met yesterday with the families of Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. At a f- when she was doing a fundraiser. She's going after the, the, the uh, real. You know, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And it's, it's not surprising because I think what people like about Carson is he's not bombastic. He's very low key. But I think eventually that's what's going to probably hurt him uh, in the long run. But he's got a message that's resonating. And, and this is where... I want to talk about the debate system. This debate system that they have, to me, ought to be outlawed. I mean, the RNC under Rance Priebus, which he was the one that agreed to all this. I mean, he knew going yeah, well, in. Well, but wait a second. I mean, he agreed. First of all, CNBC is not exactly. exactly. It's not M, but it's not MSNBC either. No, it, but it's so worse. You, no, it's well, not. No, CNBC's it's a more business of a business channel. channel. Yeah, uh, they, they I, really, I agree. They I really agree. don't I, talk that's why they. That's why they. Yeah, so, they, the, so they're going to talk about economy? Okay, that makes sense. I, I actually would not have had a problem with it um, had it been about the economy. That was really the only issue. And, and Rince Priebus, I don't really think, should be blamed uh, for it because uh, he, he had an agreement with them on what this, the, the topics would be, and they just decided to go back on, on their, the, their word, essentially, and lie. Uh, in order to put uh, put the Republicans in that position, which ended up backfiring anyway. Let's face it. Yeah. There's no there's no positive that Democrats got out of this. The but they but they have, and, and we're going to get to your point here because I know you want yeah. you want to hit that point. But here's the thing. Here's what I have the problem with the debate system as it is set up now. You've got to admit that probably 90 percent of the media is going to be left wing. Sure. That's that's. I mean, they've taken poll after poll, and it averages about 90 percent. So in a debate format like they have now, you've got 90-plus percent liberal asking Republicans gotcha questions and set up questions. And then when it goes to the Democrats, you've got 95 percent or 98 percent liberal that are throwing softballs and, and, and swooning questions. And when people are trying to, to watch a debate, they want to hear what it's all about. And what I would like to see is a form of Going back to 1858, the Lincoln-Douglas debates, those historically still stand the test of time because basically back then there was no moderator. They put the gentlemen up there. They went at each other about the topics that they thought were important. The crowds were huge. But they they had seven of those debates from October 21st of 1858 right up until the end of October. These were monumental because you've got to consider in 1858 the big fight was about slavery. Yeah, but remember why you had to have so many. 
You, you, TV were broadcasts were just pretty tough back well, then. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but you but say see, a lot of people saw them, but there were only those people in that town. Yeah, right. I, I mean, but they came from all over. They came from boats. They, they came every way they could to come to these debates because yeah. they meant so much. Yeah. And these guys had it out, but it was the issues. It was in-depth about their believing of the issues. And to me, when you're voting in the primaries, it's different on the national level when you have your two candidates. But to me, I would like to see if you're going to keep the same format – I would like to see people Rush good. Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and Mark Levin go after the Republicans. And then I'd like to see Rachel Maddow. Rush said he doesn't want to moderate a Republican debate. He I wants know, to moderate a, a Democrat debate. But no, but I mean, but put, because at the end of the day, you're trying to pick the Republican nominee and the Democratic nominee. So I want to see, and let me tell you something, Levin, Limbaugh, Hannity, they would go after him with tough questions because they want to get the information they want to get what they really mean and in depth if you're going to do it that way i would have conservatives and and tough questions that that, are, that tend to be republican against republican candidates and vice versa because the democrats are going to get softballs regardless republicans don't play that way i'll tell you what i would hate to be on a podium with mark levin even though we could agree on every he would blister me with tough questions and you would have to be so sharp but you would get in depth we have no depth well i mean well, no, no i mean next week we've got fox business news doing what should have been what cnbc did we'll see um, and i have more confidence it'll be more but here's the well, thing i mean is Neil Cavuto Cavuto's, gonna run that Cavu- yeah Cavuto's running it and, and he'll he, be good he's he's very good he's he's fair um and i don't think who are the rest of the – do you know who the other two are? Uh, there's two women um, that the – two two women that are on that channel uh, in the morning. Oh, Marie Bartolomo, I think yes, is one. Yes, Marie yes. Bartolomo. And, uh, and she and she she's center yeah. to, to center conservative. No Don Imus? Uh, uh, <laughs> He's no. on Fox Business, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, no, I would love to see that kind of debate where they get really at the candidates because, listen, if you have a candidate you like, Republican or Democrat – to solidify your belief in them, you want as much information and in-depth as you can get. And I think 10 people on the podium is way too much. I know that... Uh, well, I, the, the, the problem is how do you deal with that? Because you'll get fatigue. If you do five debates uh, to get everyone on, you're, you're, no one's going to get a chance. Uh, what I would like to see them do is more properly moderate the time. All right? You're out of time, done. Your mic goes off. Uh, that's what they should do is kill the mic. Yeah. And move on to the next thing. If you can't get it out within, because they give you a warning as to how much time you have, then uh, I think that would be fair because you have to let everyone speak. You, you've yeah. got to let these people participate. Because you look at the time differentiation between uh, the one who got the most time and the one who got yeah, the least time. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. But but in you know it's also awful that we call the the first debate the undercard. You know that's yeah. the, sort of the expression everyone uses. It's like because Bobby Jindal deserves to be. I, I mean, the guy is sharp, and he would he would do very well on the main platform. But so but few people watch the undercard debate. Right. I well, mean, it's they're they're focused on the main, on who the leaders the are, which basically is who's most popular. Sure, right. and that's the way it's been since the advent of television, though. You know, and and yeah. you can ha- there there are probably conservative Republicans all over this country that have some great things to say, but they're not going to get to be elected president. Bobby Jindal is not going to be elected no. president. At some point, uh, they, the party needs to decide that they've got to call this down to a workable number. You know, six people on the podium, I think, would be a, wor- would, would be a place, an appropriate place to be before they head into New Hampshire. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's too many, not enough time. 
And no matter how you gauge it, you can't get in depth in a minute and a half. You can't. I mean, how can you get in depth? And then it goes on to the next person, then well, the next person. That's why they, the questions have to be very specific and targeted at, uh, at an issue. I mean, that's really one of the problems. What's, uh, Russ, is, Russ is busy. He is. He's yes. cleaning up. Well, you know, and, and you know this is a good time to give a shout-out. A major milestone has happened for Cutters. We're not going to tell you what it is because we want you to tune in in the next couple of weeks. And we will let you know what it is. But it's a huge milestone. It's great. For a guy who has, who started it with the mere fact that him and a friend wanted to sit around and have a fine cigar and in comfortable surroundings. And, you know, and so they built this palace that has become Cutter Cigar Emporium. And uh, it's a. Uh, yes. <laughs> step up here, Russ. You, you want to step up to the mic? Yeah, step up to the mic. Step up to the mic. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We've got other people that are behind you, but you're the man. You get to sit in here. I mean, obviously, we can't get into the details because it's coming. It's coming. But well, we can go. We go a little detail. I, I, I'm all right. Well, you you say we'll, what you want. We'll, we'll let you say. Yeah, it. we'll let you say it because we like what we're doing. Well, by popular demand, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to bring social lubrication to cut. <laughs> social lubrication. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, you know, the only way to really respect a cigar is with good social lubrication. Well, <laughs> you know, it Ron Zacapa, a little McKellen. What are some other ones? Absolutely. Well, I, I'm most concerned about Ron Zacapa, some Flor de Cana, yeah. uh, McKellen, yeah. uh, maybe some uh, Glen Morangy, yeah. and, uh, but we have to have some Tito's Vodka. We're, we're not going to have any Budweiser, you know, probably not no. Bud Lights. No, th- thank you. Miller Lights. Thank you. Be some of the, the fine beers and, and uh, alcoholic beverages that we think will pair with cigars yeah, right. well i had the honor to sit with you when you went before the board to decide mm-hmm. whether or not they would approve it was just you and i in there with another couple that were trying to get a approval and they t- asked you some tough questions mm-hmm. but the thing that really i think really impressed them because i was reading their nonverbals, the thing that impressed them was your attitude this is not a bar not a this bar. is never going to be a bar mm-hmm. this is going to be a social atmosphere where people can come Enjoy a fine cigar, and the beverage will complement the cigar, not intoxicate. And you were very adamant about that, and I think people need to hear that from your own. Well, you know, Cutters, we've always uh, strived to enhance the cigar smoking experience, right down to the kinds of chairs that you sit in (coughs) if you're here at Cutters. And so uh, the guys have all been pressing me since we've opened. When are we going to get the social lubrication? (laughs) And so we strategically have just stayed away from it because we wanted to build a good base, a good model, build our business model around the cigar because that's the most important Absolutely. thing here at Cutters. So we think that um, bringing the, uh, some, some good wines, the right kinds of beers, the right kinds of scotches and bourbons and other things. To complement. That, that will complement and, and, and assist these guys in, in enjoying, enhancing that experience and the, and the thing that i loved was the fact that that because you were so smart in doing that and taking your time building your core the core will police this place harder than you will oh yeah and you know it's going to be beholden upon all of us who are the regulars at cutters we love this place we love what you've built you've built a home for a lot of us and i i announced today all that we got musicians we got tailors we mm-hmm. got Energy, you know, uh, vegetable drinks, real estate. We've got all these people here because they enjoy the fine cigar. A lot of them enjoy the conversation that goes on here today because even because you know we talk about a lot of things in a cigar store. That's the beauty of the mm-hmm. cigar store. It's mm-hmm. the personality. You'll get some very wonderful, spirited debates about 
uh, politics, about sports, I mean, about a cornucopia of topics, the kind of topics we, we talk about here. But what's neat about it is everybody is so whether they agree or disagree on Alabama should be yeah. number one. Whether and, you agree and, or disagree, you we... Know, and you're never offended when we don't agree that Notre Dame's a great football team. Most well, of us don't. I, no, I vehemently <laughs> disagree. I vehemently disagree. Yeah. But the fun thing is we're doing what we're doing here. We laugh and we have a good time. Yeah. And at the end of the day... And if we're not busting your chops around here, that means we don't love you. That's right. That's, That's the Richie motto. Well, no, the you right get, of entry. You get, you get to come the first couple of times and everyone will be real nice to you. And then... Once we find find out your your personality and and whether you yeah, just, it, whether you like to chops, engage, we decided you fit in. That's yeah. it. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I, I, you're right. Call it the Richie. Yeah. You know, because uh, you told me the first time you went in there. Yeah. Tell yeah. me your experience of going into. Well, a, up, in, up in Jersey, I went up to Jersey and I said, "Man, I don't fit in around these guys." You know. <laughs> yeah, you so talk funny. After my third or fourth time, and I started breaking my chops a little bit, and I said, I'm feeling the love here. (laughs) And what did Richie tell you? If we ain't busting your chops, we don't show you any love. That's right. But that's the beauty. And this was a monumental thing for you, Russ. It was was something like when you started with your cigars. You decided to launch out and start. I mean, you've always been on the cutting edge. You were the first, you know, you decided my father's cigar, you were going to be a lounge. Mm -hmm. And you went to Don Pepin himself. And he didn't like the idea at first. He, no. was, he wasn't about it. But after talking with you and seeing your passion and what you wanted to do, now you're the, probably the number one seller of Don Pepin cigars in the, in, in the country. And that goes to your, to your way in which you do things. And the liquor would have been, you could have applied for this a couple of years ago. You chose to wait. You chose to do it the right way. And the way you presented that to the, to the, to the members that really these two gals, if they give you a thumbs up, you got it. They give you a thumbs down. You don't, and there's nothing else you're going to do about it, nothing yeah. else to be said. And there were some tough questions, but you answered them with, with responses that really they got excited about. Mm-hmm. They, they actually, within five minutes, they were ready to say okay because they understood your passion and, and, and right the, out of your and words. The intent. Well, That's I, right. If you remember, I let them know. I said, you know, the mayor's been in here several times, and he's wondering when we're going to get <laughs> yeah. social lubrication. Yes. But, but, but and they laughed. In, you know? Yeah, they, they, had, they laughed at that. But then they came with some tough questions. You answered them all, but they were legitimate yeah, questions. They were. And they're good. City of Alpharetta, uh, they do it right and not just letting anybody have alcohol. So, yeah. So, so it's a big milestone yeah, for you. Yeah, so we got all of our approvals, and now we're in the process of the final stages of doing all the paperwork. So our first event, uh, the My Father event, is posted on our board here November 13th. Hopefully you'll have the date that we plan on uh, unveiling the social lubrication. Well, so. yeah, because right. the tough thing to do is get the city. Once the city approves yeah, it, yeah, the state yeah. just rubber stamps it. But you got to get the paperwork into well, the state. The and big hurdle, there's only one other hurdle: is all my staff has to do background checks. So oh, well, yeah, that could well, be. Well, <laughs> so so much for that plan. <laughs> well, then you got to be excited about Obama's, uh, you know, knock off the checkbox, you know, because now. Now he wants to make it so if you commit a felony or anything, you don't have to put it down on your on your uh, employment employment application. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, John's covered. <laughs> all that. John's covered. You know he's <laughs> he's cool about it. <laughs> yeah. So but no, I, I I wanted to give you a few minutes today, and well, I'm glad you, you had. I appreciate some. what you guys do in promoting cutters, and we're glad to be be the the home. Well, you give you give us a home to do this show, and and we're watching more and more people coming in every week that are sitting in and listening and enjoying because we started off with sports because that's a hot topic right now. We cover the hot topics, but we've got people that step up, they give their opinions. But the beautiful thing about it is the, the great thing about the atmosphere that you, you promote the conversations. You don't try to shut them down. 
I've been to places where they actually say, look, we don't talk about sports here. We don't talk about politics here. We don't talk about religion here. And there has never been a ban. Yeah, never been a ban here. And you celebrate it. You want people with diversity. And so that's why so many women come in here, why so many men come in here because of the women. Mm -hmm. But but now you have you have added that that last that last piece. And I was talking to one of the reps out there as as you were doing some moving today. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, this place is really going to be the destination location in Atlanta to be at. And he goes, it's already there. Sure. And I mean that's what you've built in just three years, yeah. and uh, it hasn't been easy. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't let it be said that you just opened the doors and they all came and everything was great. Well, my dad used to say, if it's easy, everybody'd be doing. Yeah, it. yeah, so but you you've stuck through. Most people would never even consider hosting a show like this. You said, okay, let's give it a try. Um, I mean, you've done things that other people wouldn't do because in your gut you know what's right, and you've done it, and now the success is finally coming and. And who knows where we'll be next year. Mm-hmm. You never know. Things change, everything mm-hmm. else. Nobody ever tries. I learned after the Cigar Festival, when you called us on that, when we were down on the beach and you called us and said, oh, by the way, I just <laughs> announced to the staff, going to let you know, I need some help. We're doing a huge event, the biggest cigar event in the history of Atlanta. We're doing it in June, and this is the 1st of April. And I almost swallowed, we almost swallowed our cigars. We, had, we heard, we, on that subject, we did hear back from Verizon. They are carving us out of date, and uh, we, might have to, we might have to move it up a, a week or two from June. Well, whatever but, uh, you have to do. They're, uh, they're on board with it. And, That's great. And they loved it. In fact, mm-hmm. afterwards, you were kind of worried when you went to have the post, and they were nothing but complimentary. No, they, 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 they treated us right over there. So. And, they, and, and you built this event that people are still talking about. Mm-hmm. When I go to other cigar stores, I went to a cigar store in downtown Atlanta last weekend, not this week, this last weekend, but the weekend before, I was looking for a cigar because I ran out of my cutters, so I yeah. went down to support the close-by store. And he go, and the first thing I said was, I'm from Cutters. He said, where's that? I said, up in Alpharetta. We did the cigar festival. He goes, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard about <coughs> I heard about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, it was great. Light up another cigar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cough and go away. <laughs> it's probably because probably you're down there. The, yeah, you're smoking yeah. the flame. He's, it's called he's, he's Lou, he's, Luscious Lou, the manager here. And by the way. She is officially the manager of Cutter Cigar Emporium. Well, she just got promoted. She's yeah. now a managing partner. And uh, haven't told a lot of folks this, but her and Kyle are coming on board with me as a partner in Cutters, meaning they own a little stake of Cutters. That's now. awesome. Great. So the two of them, uh, you know, I figured that's what I had to do to get Kyle to do a little work for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, nothing uh, no, nothing real, like a little good no, old-fashioned real, bribery. As you guys know, you know, I'm – Real happy with Lou Ann. She certainly has paid her dues and yes. done a fantastic job. She's so knowledgeable. So, so uh, she's now my managing partner, and her and Kyle own a little bit of stake in, in Cutters. Oh, that's awesome. January 1st. That's, so you know, and, that's and fantastic. It's great having them on the journey. And here's what's beautiful, my friends. This is what has made America great. It's entrepreneurialism. It's guys taking risks, rewards for those who, who out stand above and beyond the rest. And I got to tell you, you are following a model that so many people in this great country, because mm-hmm. we have the ability to have the freedom to do things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's just well, they, great to they, see it yes, work. She and, and Kyle both uh, add a lot of value to, they do. to me personally and to Cutters. And so do you guys. All of you guys do. But um, this is a, a discussion that we've had, and I think it's a great fit. It's certainly good for me to have somebody that when I'm when I am out traveling, I know that I've got 
has a vested the right interest. team, the right people here, you know, keeping 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 support of the. the and you know too that when uh, when the social lubrication officially happens, all of us will be because, quite frankly, if it goes against your model, you'll take it out, yeah. and and. Those of us who, who love what you've done and the model and the core people, they're going to be so supportive. If people get a little out of hand, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it in discussions. If people get a little, uh, it's got fuel in it this time, unlike when we went down to Panama City Beach. But, you know, it, um, it really, you've built such a good core of people that they're going to protect this place ferociously. So mm -hmm. even when you're not here, Lou, John, Ben, Caleb, Wayno, mm -hmm. Eric, myself, yeah. Glenn, all the regulars, they're going to watch out for your interest because it, at the end, it's our interest too. It really is. So all I just right. wanted to give you a few minutes. I didn't want to say anything. I, I posted it on Facebook yesterday. I had several people say, well, what's the, what's the milestone? I said, well, I'm going to keep well, you we'll guessing. We'll let the cat out of the bag right here. There well, um, an exclusive. Yeah, an exclusive <laughs> right here. Well, Thank thanks a lot, Russ. Well, thanks, Russ. But anyway, isn't that true, though, Eric? We'll I have mean, to keep um, putting reminders up as we get closer to the 13th for that yeah, day. Yeah, that's going to be a huge – I mean, what a celebration. Of course, we're not going to be here. No. <laughs> we, but we committed to this back in July. Yes. This has all happened in the last few months, so – it was kind of well, Friday the thirteenth. I can make it up here for that. Well, I knew you would be. I knew you'd come up here, and um, it's just and listen. There's plenty of soda. There's plenty of water. There's well, plenty to, of things for everybody. You may have to tuck away a, a six pack of no alcohol beer over there too. Well, I don't know how that works. That's that's not up for me to say. But I'm I, sure I if think you, that'll be okay. I think I think you'll get I think you'll get a positive that because like, and and that was the key that right out of the shoot. The first thing, one of the first things Russ said was, I do not want to be a bar. So you're not going to have the rowdiness. You're not going to have. But you know what? If you're sitting here watching a football game or you're sitting here, you know, having a good time and you have a great cigar, now you can have a fine scotch to go with, a fine bourbon, a fine wine. And he's been adamant because he doesn't know as much as you all do who, who are more uh, snobby, you know, nose up in the air, pinky out drinking people like Eric. And, you know, he's going to have a say. Uh, Brian's going to have a say. Guys who really know this stuff. So Russ really, R Russ really brings us all into this. He really, he really makes the people who are here feel like they're a part of this store in one way or another. And he's really done a great job with that. So hats off to Russ. I can't say enough and thank him enough for what he's done, not only for us, but for everyone that's here today. Because you see such a great mix of people. But that being said, let's get back to the dirty little realities. Now, Eric, one of the things I'm I'm more of a Lincoln Douglas debate guy. I want to see more. I want to see more dirt and details and get down to the nitty gritty because we've got some problems facing us. But the one thing that the media did was they picked up on it. And then I'll lead to you on on uh, the president's current the latest comments was. All the media, almost across the board, the media started out by saying that was ridiculous the way those moderators. But I said from the get-go, these moderators, they don't, they have one agenda, and that's to try to promote themselves and promote their image and their brand because, look, they want to make more money. They want to go farther up the food chain. And what better place than to get that gotcha moment on the national debates, get that gotcha question, that gotcha moment, so they coin it the way they think is going to give them the best look and get them make the candidates squirm the most and that's not what the debate's all about so 
the media said right afterwards, oh, it was great the way they attacked the media. But then within 48 hours, it was, well, they're whining now. They're whining now. Yeah, so that, that brings me to uh, Obama. And uh, he basically heckled the, the, the GOP, all the candidates, um, over the debate and basically said this. Let me see if I can actually pull the quote. Um, Every one of these candidates say Obama's weak, Putin's kicking sand in his face. When I talk to Putin, he's going to straighten out. And then it turns out they can't handle a bunch of CNBC moderators. I mean, let me tell you, if you can't handle those guys, Obama said laughing, I don't think the Chinese and the Russians are going to be too worried about you. I'm sorry, Mr. President. The Chinese and Russians are worried about you. Well, right see now? what's happened since you've come into office. <laughs> yeah, they've taken Crimea. Oh they, my they've, God. they've they've rattled Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. They're in Syria. Yep. And they're bigger and stronger Syria than they've ever been. The and, Chinese have built three islands. And yesterday they came out and said, "Oh, by the way, we are going to be." Uh, 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 the Russians said, "We are not going to uh, depose Assad." Yeah. That's not our plan. So clearly, all they're attacking is the rebel forces and a little bit of splash on the on the Kurds ISIS. as well. Yeah, 14 bombs fall on the people that we're supporting, yeah. while two fall on ISIS. But and, you're and also leaving out the other important part about that, that glaring quote. When has he ever subjected himself to a hostile media? All right, absolutely. You know, when, when, when has Obama ever sat down with uh, anybody from, from Fox? Well, he sat down or, with Brett Baer once. And, and, and O'Reilly a couple times. That was early, early on. Uh, but he hasn't done it recently, certainly. and uh, Especially since he's taken this yeah. far-left swing. Since, since his agenda that we told you about eight years ago uh, has, is No, no, he'll never no, do that. Nobody believes it. He's doing exactly what we what we and many others said he was going to be doing. But he, he's gone even further than we thought he would go. I mean, this executive uh, yeah. fiat stuff that he's doing is just beyond the pale. Well, like releasing a bunch of uh, felons yeah. uh, from federal Six, prison. 6,000 of them. And yeah. that's the first wave. Yeah. There's the total of, what, 65,000 that are, that are going to get released. At the same time, he's doing the, the, as you just brought up a little bit earlier. Ban the, ban the box. Ban the box. And Hillary is advocating uh, automatic reinstatement of their voting rights once they're released. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wonder why. Gee, I, I can't imagine. Uh this is such a, a populist socialist experiment that you can see. Go to every socialist country, and they've pulled stuff like this. And, and what's uh, happened? You know, and, and it's been a disaster. I right. mean, Argentina is, is one of my favorite examples of it. They, they did the exact same thing. Peron did the same thing and, and gathered the populist vote, basically demonized the rich, um, took, uh, took property, took money from the rich, uh, kidnapped their children. Uh, to get to uh, have things done the way they wanted to. I mean, between the junta that that uh, uh, succeeded Peron and and Peron, it, it's just it's it's awful. I wish people would go back and read their history books to understand what what this tactic is and the fact that people are so incredibly naive to think that all of these promises, all of this this uh, free uh, health care, yeah, everything <laughs> that this isn't a game just to buy their votes. But the, the thing that frustrates me with Hillary is you don't really have to dig very deep with this woman to see what her past history has been of just being a crony, typical crony government uh, she's, hack. Yeah. And she can go out there and, and tell people about how she's going to fight. She's, she's arguing and railing against the very people that she's in bed with. Right. Well, now the funny thing is you said you heard about uh, Hillary has been talking about essentially repealing the Second Amendment. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, what, what she's actually said is that um, the Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment. 
and that Australian-style mandatory gun buybacks should be considered. What's a mandatory gun buyback? In other words, you, we're, you're going to bring take your this gun. Money or here's 20 bucks yeah. for your Barrett 50 caliber. Uh, here's or 20, we're going to take bucks, it. Your or choice. We're, or we're going to take it, and we're going to melt it down. And since when has there ever been a society that had guns uh, taken away from them um, in, in mass quantities? Oh, wait, I do know. It was in Nazi Germany. In Laos? I mean, you can, you yeah. can go into smaller countries. Germany would be the most glaring example of the 21st, 20th century. But you certainly have smaller countries in, in Asia where that was, was done. And if you look at the history of Europe, if you go back with under the, the monarchy, monarchies where these people never were allowed to defend themselves and, and were never allowed to, to bear arms uh, against the crown, uh, that, that <laughs> was, that's throughout Europe yeah. and, and its history. And, and you look at the countries that had strict draconian laws against guns, like Israel, and guess what's happened? Now Israel is telling their people. <laughs> saying, go arm yourself. Go arm yourself because, you know, it, it, it's, it's hideous. But, you know, Greek, from the very first show you said, give us your thoughts about the American electorate right now. In a nutshell, I feel that the, the not the vast majority, but certainly the majority of Americans are, in a word, stupid. <laughs> now uh, you're, you're, you're not, talking about your fellow voters there. I I, that's that's why so. that that is incentive enough for me to always vote because if nothing else, I know I'm canceling out one of their votes. Well, here's the thing though, and and I've I, have I so said from the get go, I had said from the get go, I I understand where you're coming from on this Greek, but I have more faith. I said back in the very first days of our show that I had a better faith. I felt like the, the country was starting to slowly, there was, a, there was an underpinning in the, in the society, and that's the conservatives, that's the, the moderates, the blue dog Democrats, which are the majority of voters out there. They're getting more fed up and more fed up, and last night was a great night for conservatives across the country. This is, if you don't think your vote counts, San Francisco's mayor, mm. or not mayor, but the police, police chief, chief. He was the staunchest believer. He was defending the fact that we're a sanctuary city, and by God, we're going to stay a sanctuary city, and blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what the people of San Francisco told him yesterday, last night? Not only no, but heck no. You're out of here. So they voted him out. Kentucky, traditionally a staunch Democratic governors. They, the, the, the leading candidate was booted out, and they put in a conservative, a guy who's a Tea Partier, He's a businessman. He has no experience. And but a boom, but a bing. Now he's the. And then in Virginia, they were having this huge debate because and they were running on the gun issue. And the, and the liberals poured millions of dollars in to upseat enough Republicans to take back the state house. And then the governor came up with this whimsical idea of putting a toll on. I don't know. Is it Interstate 66? It was on 66. That's the only way I heard it. And they said they're going to put a toll, which would mean that each person that uses 66 every day, their rate would go up to 16 or $17 a day to travel on a road that they already paid for, that they'd already, they'd already given up their tax money to, and now they're going, to, they're going to spend $500 a month to travel up and down that road, which is the main road that everybody uses to get in and out of the state. Now, think about that. $500 a month, that's a car payment, that's, a, that's, that's daycare for a couple of weeks. Health I mean, insurance. That's right. You start looking at what that $500 meant, and guess what they did? Not only did they not depose the, 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 uh, the state legislature, 
but they actually bolstered it with uh, with uh, with more Republicans. So Ohio, you, you we were talking before the show. Ohio had the big marijuana law, you know, mm-hmm. recreational and medicinal, and the people of Ohio stepped up and said, "No, we don't want to be like Colorado," you know. And and Eric, we talked about this. You had firsthand experience. We talk about unintended consequences all the time. I'll tell my story, but you tell your story first. What you've seen firsthand in Colorado about uh, walking down the street, um, literally, th- there are marijuana dispensaries all over the place, and in in certain areas, you've got kids on the street looking like homeless people. They're not. They're not. I don't know if they're homeless or not. They look like them because <laughs> they're sort of this. Grunge bohemian look. grungy. I mean, not. I'm not going to insult grunge. This, yeah, the, they're grungy. But the bohemians are okay. No. Well, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, I think you meant the bohemians. You didn't want to insult this grunge. You wanted to insult. No, I, I like grunge. I like uh, Pearl Jam and yeah, those. Yeah. But anyway, bands. no. But anyway, so you see these uh, these guys sitting on the on the street corners, and I mean, I'm talking. There's 30 or 40 of them, just sitting there, and they're smoking pot, and they're just. Doing whatever they're doing, you look at them and like it's the middle of the afternoon on a Wednesday. What in the world are you doing? Because they were all able-bodied. I'm sorry, there wasn't a vet among them. There wasn't a disabled person among them. There wasn't an old uh, person. Don't look these at me were and all say that. old. Uh, th- these were all able-bodied, college perfectly age healthy, college-aged. Uh, between I'm going to say between 18 and 30 was probably the typical age that I saw. And they're just jumping around, and, and you know, n- they weren't harassing passerbys uh, too much because I think the passerbys so are, used to are, it. are used to it and, and whatnot. But it's just it's, it's shocking to see it right there in front of you and to see uh, the amount of dispensaries that they're still claiming they're medical marijuana dispensaries. But and this yeah. was in Denver? In, in, in the city well, of Denver? Well, it, it precipitated that conversation yeah. and why I wanted you to throw your story out first. A very good friend of the stores his name is peter and peter was in uh denver last week and i said well first words out of my con- my mouth obviously is well how many pot joints did you hit while you were out there he said i was out there for work he said i don't but there's a street in denver and we have a musician friend of ours a new friend of ours that's <coughs> on 16th street or 16th avenue or something in denver it's, they've done a wonderful job cobblestone the streets made it a a walking and they've put beautiful buildings in there of course there's the marijuana shops along the way but he said i haven't been down there but my friend was down there a year ago and he hadn't been back in a year and he said the difference between a year ago and this time he was down there just a couple of weeks ago he said you would not he said he had never fathomed that many homeless people were in the area but they were all homeless people hanging out smoking pot laying on the streets with their cups out looking for money and and you can imagine how much it costs to make 16th street into something you know, real nice pedestrian walkway, all the shops and everything. But the homeless are all over the place. It's turning into another New Orleans. Or, or San Francisco or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And these are the unintended consequences. These are the things you don't know until it's too late. And now what do you do? The cat's out of the bag. Right. And it's it's too late. And you, you brought up a great point, 18 to 30-year-olds. Yeah. I mean, these are not perfectly, these are not perfectly able, able-bodied, able to work. But, but these are long. the ones that are still on their parents' new health care plan where they have to be well, covered, and, yeah. and then they're going to get free college tuition. So they really don't have anything else to do but lay around and smoke pot. But that was... Uh, Go to art school. And, of course, coming up in a few minutes, in five minutes, it's Luscious Lou. Hey, Lou, what kind of stick do you have for us this week? 
She's All working right. on it. She's, she's working, working on it. Listen, so she's little, the managing partner now, so you got to yeah. understand she's a little, in, you know, as for the little people. As We're going to have to start paying her an appearance fee. <laughs> Shush. Yeah, what, what, are you, what are you doing down there, Greek? Settle down. So let me go back to the, uh, the elections, okay. uh, though, for just a second. So in Kentucky, Matt Bevan, uh, who, who won the, uh, the governorship, he, um, um, you got to remember, he was trailing to Jack Conway for quite a while. Yes. And one of his pl- one of the areas of his platform was repealing the Obamacare exchange there in Kentucky. I don't I don't know that he can repeal it. I mean, he's got to re- he's got to repeal and replace if he's yeah. going to try and do that because there's 400,000 people that are under that exchange. You can't just cut them off. Right. But but it's funny the Democrats are already talking about, well, have him go ahead and do it and then look what's going to happen in the uproar that's going to happen. Well, no, because what's happening not, across the country. He's not stupid. He's not going to just Remove, uh, remove it entirely. Uh, he'll he'll uh, replace uh, with something else. And in Virginia, um, so one of the uh, people that's been pushing their agenda in there is Bloomberg. Yes, Bloomberg he, put uh, millions and yep. millions of dollars into all of the contests yep. in in Virginia, all about gun control. Uh, he runs a he's got a group called Every Every Town for Gun Safety. Right. Yeah. And um, so the funny thing is, of all of those races that he supported, one of them that he put a million and a half dollars in, Jeremy Pike, or Mick Pike, I think, um, he is the only one that won. And, and let's, let's be sure why. I mean, in that race, they brought in this guy. There was a, the slain news reporter, um, Ashley Parker. So they brought in the father of Ashley Parker to talk about gun control. That yeah. was the, you know, that was an, an awful, awful thing when that happened. But you know, they clearly were were uh, targeting the emotions of the electorate. But other than that, I'm sorry, it it gun control, the gun control discussion failed miserably, miserably. in Virginia. And then we uh, Mississippi reelected their Republican governor. So this is what the founding fathers. <coughs> Thirty-three Republican governors now out of fifty states. This is what the founding fathers knew. They said if you keep it local, keep as much as you can local, if you leave it to the people in their states and their municipalities to, to dictate, they will make the right decision. They right. will. Right. What's right for them is what should be right, and, and we're seeing it across the board. So there were no victories of any kind for, for Democrats across the board, and this is what I was talking about. This is what I saw at that that little tea party in a little town of Holly Springs. Holly Springs probably doesn't have a population more than two or 3,000. But when I went to that meeting, this was three months ago, there were 75 normal, blue-collar, white-collar people there. They were all there for one reason. We love our country. We want to take our country back. They had a speaker on the Constitution. They had a speaker um, that was debunking a lot of the myths about Islam and telling it what it really is. He, his father was a... Um, was an imam who came from Turkey and opened up the first, the first um, Islamic center in the state of Ohio. So this guy was very entrenched. But shortly after coming to the United States, he converted. But he said, I want to give you the real story of what goes on in Islam, the Islam that's happening right now, not the sugar-coated Islam you're hearing about, but this is what's happening. And he went on for 45 minutes. It was the most amazing story. We're going to try to get him on our show and explain these are the things, my friends, but it's happening. It's happening in the streets. It's happening in your towns. It's happening across the board. People have had enough. And I think a perfect example, and we'll touch more about this when, uh, when uh, Luann catches up, and she might be a little later, so we'll start it now. There's a big story that come out of Chicago. Now, this is something that's near and dear to, to the Greek. 
And uh, there's, a, there's a transgendered young man who wanted to, uh, uh, because he didn't feel comfortable in the men's locker room, he wanted to do all of his changing, showering, clothing, everything else in the women's locker room. Now, this is a transgendered, not a transsexual. Right. So, in other words, he's, he's got the equipment of the male, he's but still, he's got. still has the twigs and berries. The beans and franks. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Beans and franks. I'm going to assume twigs. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but anyway, so, the, 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 of course, the educational system said, well, we'll build a wall. Or, or well, uh, initially they said privacy. no. Initially they said no. Then uh, it went to the school board, and the school board said, all right. Well, you can go in, but uh, you'll have to have a, uh, a privacy curtain, and you're going to have to get dressed behind the c- privacy curtain, and you have to go straight out, um, which, okay, I mean, I don't like that accommodation, but at least it wouldn't have put the girls into a very uncomfortable position. Which is something we'll talk about, but and, first. And, speaking and, and, of and then well, just the, the one last thing, and then came the decision that overturned that, and that's what we'll talk about after we have, oh, a fantastic cigar. So I, 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 know, I know about this cigar a little bit. Uh, so the, the, we've just been handed our uh, our cigar for the time. It's a Carrillo Oscuro. And just to just to segue into Lou, yeah. can you imagine if Greek had the opportunity? Because when you look up the definition of transgendered, it is nothing more than if you feel inside of you that you can't can no longer cope with being a male, but you don't have the plumbing change, shall we say? That you, um, that every, makes you every transgender. Day, every day, about three o'clock, I would get the urge to want to go dress in the girl's room. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm I'm feeling like a girl right yeah. now. I don't know. And can you believe? And can you believe, if the locker room were full of lose? I mean, Eric, I mean, Eric Greek would have been in first grade. He would have been in there saying, I, "Well, still you know, be in school." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, with that brilliant segue, luscious Lou. Russ uh, gave us all the information about the exciting new things that have been bestowed upon you because yes. of your great work. Yes, yes. So well, thank is, you. And you know what? I still get a hug and a kiss every day when I come in. It just doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> from I mean, from Russ? <laughs> yeah, from Russ. But anyway, I got to tell you. You know, that just proves that Luann is, uh, is fill, filled with charity. She is. She's and very is kind. That that's what it is. That's, that's what that is, it is. That is she definitely knows. charity. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, Lou, congratulations. Thank you so much. Russ officially announced it. Awesome. On the show. He, he broke it here. because he can't change before. his mind now. That's nope. it. Nope. <laughs> it's on tape. Yeah, it's, uh, we've got it, and it's going, it's going to the world it's here. Documented. It's It's going to go through the world here in the next day or two. But um, this is huge for cutters. Huge. This is something you got to be absolutely thrilled about. I Besides am. your leadership position and all the agreements you you have going but, on with Russ, I mean. But the the liquid courage, the yeah. the uh, the adult uh, what is it? Uh, social lubrication. Social lubrication. Social lubrication. I was it. wondering where are they putting the KY? Whoa, <laughs> no. whoa! But that's a social that's the first Keeping thing that Kevin. That's the first that's thing Kevin thinks of when he. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, right. oh, so you guys all immediately thought alcohol. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Absolutely. we did. Actually, yeah. 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 Well, please, Greek. Stop it. You, you, I know are a darn liar, and he's almost a darn, darn liar. But anyway, <laughs> Lou, this is, this is wonderful for cutters. Uh, we've moved in one of the big coolers in here today. Yes, and, uh I supervised the move. Yes, and Eric actually got down there because <laughs> now that he has lost all his weight and he's 
he's buff and everything else. He wants to show everybody how strong he is. So he was muscling things around. Which I let right. him do. He, he's that our he-man. He's yes. our he-man now. Don't, no, he single-handedly no, lifted that no, killer. No, See, no. I'm, I'm going to record that and no, play it over. No, no. <laughs> okay, since it's recorded, I will add it's a lie. It's a damn lie, yeah, not a darn lie. I, I can't hear you. But, uh, but anyway, so this is great. And you've chosen the perfect cigar. For this event it's a fabulous cigar and our reps were just here so it was top of mind and uh this is the ep Creo selection escuro it looks and sounds a little intimidating and like it might bite your head off but it's it is a very all. smooth but nice easy smoke i mean we got to remember that ernesto carrillo was the f he was the founder of la gloria cubana and La Gloria Cubana is famous for, I mean, that dark, mm -hmm. dark, dark outside wrap, you know, the wrapper. And you're looking at it thinking this is just going to be a beast and it ends yeah. up being just flavorful and fantastic. and Super smooth. You know, you know and, and that's, um, I'm not necessarily saying that today about La Gloria Cubanas, but, but, but certainly when Ernesto first came out with mm -hmm. them. Um, I actually met him at the Big Smoke in 1990. It was one of the first Big Smokes. And uh, I beelined it for his table because it was the first year that he was bringing out La Gloria Cubana. And uh, I, I w started talking to him. He actually gave me a box. He didn't just give me a wow. stick because I was so effusive about. Uh, about uh, You effusive? So yeah. Something to be said for being first in line, right? Well, I mean, he, he recognized the fact that I was really there for, to try that cigar more than anything. And the fact he got down on all fours and begged and pleaded. You know, I mean, he said either you give me the box or I'll be back anyway. here every 30 minutes to get another stick. It, he's, so he's got it. He just has a great palate, a great, uh, a great uh, blend always. So this is EP is Ernesto Carrillo. Uh, and uh, the Oscuro. Now, what, what is this? Where is the Oscuro? It is a Mexican San Andreas Oscuro okay. wrapper. Which is, I mean, I'm really seeing some amazing stuff come out of th that area. Definitely. The Mexican Mexico. San Andreas is becoming more and more popular. Yeah. And in some cigars, you taste it. Um, it's a very full, spicy, peppery mm -hmm. experience. This is definitely not that. On it is the dry draw, fig. Just I was going to say fruitiness. Yeah, yeah, it's got a great fig to it. It's I mean, just on the nice dry draw, it's, it's sweet and Fig tasting. It's like, it's like it up. Uh, a fig it Newton, you know? Fig Newton. Well, you it's, know, I got to equate this up. It's almost like a berry taste. Though. Yeah. There's a, there's a berry. There's like a berry to it. So, yeah. Very so nice sweetness to it. It's got a, a slight, you know, very mild peppery note to it, but it's really more of a woody, nutty yeah. kind of smoke. I think a lot of people might be scared away from this just because of that dark wrapper, but it is... A very easy smoke. Absolutely. Very nice smoke. And um, the, the binder is Ecuadorian. The filler is actually Nicaraguan. Ah, uh, that's why I like it. Uh -huh. There you go. And they want to classify it as a, a medium plus. And in terms of flavor, it may be, but it definitely. Not, I mean, you know me. Yeah. I'm the king of mild. And this is one that I could smoke on a regular basis because it's not. It's peppery, but it's just a slight bit of pepper, and it's more just, of a just white a pepper. Bit. It's a white pepper, not a dark pepper. So I can pick up the white peppery taste to it. So there. Uh, yeah. Good job, Colonel. I'm not, I'm not getting actually a lot of pepper. I get no. spice. I get some spice. I get the wood. I get the sort of the nuttiness from it. A um, little bit of that of, of that fruit overtone in the just I think naturally coming from the mm -hmm. the wrapper more than anything else, but. And we have this in two or three sizes. I'm smoking one a little bit smaller than the one that 
you guys have. But it's just a – I've never had a Creo that I did not enjoy. I'll put it that way. Well, some it's of them can be very full. There are some very nice mild ones. This one, I think, falls right in the middle. Yeah, I would think, to me, it's more medium, mild to medium, closer to medium. So mm -hmm. it's, 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 a, it's for a mild smoker, they could easily smoke this cigar. Yeah. And nice medium bodied, the medium bodied would be very happy with it, too. So it, co it covers both, both yep. sides of the spectrum, two out of the three spectrums. So it's, uh, it's very, very nice. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, this is a great cigar. Now, we've got some great events coming up, and hopefully the one on the 13th will hopefully, because right now, the city has signed off unanimously. The uh, the mm -hmm. board has signed off. Everything's been signed off. Now you have to submit it to the state, which once you get it past the city. The state's just looking at this point for the revenue flow. Th that's <laughs> right. So they want the paperwork <laughs> like, to yeah. make sure they get their yeah. dinero. Yeah. And uh, once that's done, which can take up to 10 days, but Russ is already on top of it. He had the paperwork already done before the city council approved things because he felt comfortable that they would. And uh, it was just, it, it's great. So now, hopefully by the 13th, that'll be the kickoff for the... That's the plan. We're shooting for that date to uh, launch the next phase. And one of, the, one of the things, too, I mentioned with Russ, and I know you, this is paramount on your mind, is this is not a bar. I don't no. want people to hear this and think, oh, man, now I can just go hang out there and, no. and drink. Nope. That's not what it's about. It's about the celebration of the cigar and the compliment of the cigar. Yes, and everything to enhance the cigar smoking experience, not just for folks to come in and get hammered. That's right, not because what we're that after. Th and that won't be allowed. No, that will not be no, tolerated. Definitely not. You definitely guys are not. all going to be licensed. I mean, you've gone mm -hmm. through. You you'll go through the license. training. Yeah, you got to go through the training and everything else. So this will be the kind of place you always dreamed about. You know, you come in there. You know, it's going to be responsible. You can bring your girlfriend, your date, your wife. Or if you're like some of the guys, bring them both. You know what the heck. <laughs> um, you know, but you can sit around. Women can feel comfortable. They can have a nice glass of wine. Glass of wine after dinner, drink, enjoy a cigar. Before it's, it's or after dinner? Definitely. It's, it's going to be phenomenal. And you won't have to worry about people getting unruly and, and saying things no. out of place. This there is not what There still will be no is. cigarette smoking in the lounge. It is a cigar uh, environment. That is first and foremost what we're definitely And nobody's going to be bringing stuff in. It's just what we have here because we're going to have an excellent selection. Yes. So don't think y yeah, that you can run out to your car yeah. or rent a locker and put a bottle in there. That is absolutely not because the yeah. whole idea behind this was. Well, well, you can't. I mean, by law with the license, you, you can't allow well, that, so. I know, but there are those that may think about it. So we're here to tell you that Sheriff Eric, mm -hmm. <laughs> Sheriff Kevin, Sheriff Greek, all the sheriffs, Glenn's and Brian's, all the sheriffs, the people who have been here almost since the beginning, we're looking out for it. We're going to tell you no, and we're not going to be impolite about it, but this is our this is our sanctuary. It is, and it's something we've worked very hard to get to this point. So excited to finally be there, and we don't want to do anything. And, that would be and Russ wouldn't allow that. it. Absolutely Russ wouldn't not. allow it. He'd rather have nothing than have this turn into something that goes against his model. So yeah. it's a big congratulations. And I, I always put that caveat out there because I want people to know this will be a place where you can come and really enjoy the total, total cigar experience. And that's Absolutely. that's great. It's and uh, for those of you who like the snobby scotches and bourbons, we'll have them. Chef Eric will make sure. That you we'll get the snobbiest them. of the snobby, and Brian will be right there with him, and uh, we've got we've got a, a beer expert that's going to help select along with 
some of these other people that like to chew on their beer for 15 minutes and I'm then a brag beer about. Expert. Nah, I know, I know, but you know that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, that'll sit there and chew on a beer for 15 or 20 minutes and try to discover, argue <laughs> where the hops came from. Who cares? For those of us who like the more simple, more more subtle, and more appreciative. It's the type of hop, not where it came from. Well, there's Irish hops. Now there's like Cascade hops and Mosaic hops. Right. But, 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 I mean, the, but the hops from Ireland are different than the hops from other places. And I know because I had to listen to beer snobs in Ireland tell me why <laughs> Irish hops were better than they hops from Germany. Sn- they have beer snobs in Ireland? Yeah, they do, unfortunately. They're everywhere. They're like cockroaches. You can't get rid of They're them. They're like cigar snobs. They're everywhere. Oh, my God. It's, it's terrible. But anyway, super congratulations. Excellent selection for the show today. I'm glad you enjoy it. Dale's happy. Hi, Dale. The... Um, <laughs> The show will be up on iTunes within 24 hours, guys, because we are now on iTunes. It's, well, a, it's official. He'll he'll have it out of his computer. I'm going to show him the way to get it to mix uh, to to Podbean. Podbean. Podbean so you'll be able to pick up these shows. We're going to put some. Uh, we're going to put. Let, let's put four to six weeks of our back shows on there, guys. So you'll be able to catch a flare for where we were at. Because really, you go past four or five weeks, it's old news. But within the last four or five weeks and ongoing now, every week we're going to post these shows. So Dale. You'll be able to hear Lou, twenty-four and seven. <laughs> just play, just replay it, and one day we're going to send you a picture, so that you can see that unlike some voices, it all matches. Oh, please! What? Not like a like a radio voice, you know, like the the, the typical women in radio. Uh-huh. Th- they have a really really great voice, but yeah. they don't have really the face to go with it. Ah. Uh. Or as as uh, as Greek would say, you know those call-in places, you know where you call in and talk to them for live chats for ten minutes, and you find out. <laughs> yeah, she is, I, I, mean I really need those. <laughs> yeah, he I, gets think, I think you need to get your friend. It was it Emily? Is it? What to co- to work at one of those places? No, to oh, be to on come the by? show. <laughs> she she actually has an office uh, not too far from here. So one day we're gonna have her come by. She yeah. should come by when I'm here, please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. What? Don't look at me like that. Oh, <laughs> I'm t- but Lou, thanks. thanks. Congratulations again. Thank you. Tremendous. Again, and let me tell you something about this lady. I first met her when she was back when you and your husband used to come in and used to sit quietly over there in the corner. And then as you became more involved, because this place is infectious. It you is. can't sit there by yourself very long. It's a very before friendly you start place, welcoming place. Yeah, where you start getting involved. And the more you got involved, and then when you got hired, I remember sitting having multitudinous tiki drinks and i said lou one day and you it did. happened you sooner predicted it colonel i mean right down to the almost to the to the i, I didn't know it was going to quite be that good but right down to the nth degree because you know why lou because you poured this last year it was a transition year we were transitioning management we were trans transitioning i almost said transgendering transitioning <laughs> and you you, and you know sort of. yeah yeah <laughs> sort of basically did. we did we, yeah, re- we really yeah, did that's true but but all that being said you would not believe this lady literally and i told her when when we talked about this i said now remember though with the position you're going to end up finding yourself here much more she said well i can contain it she didn't contain it and her and her husband were here almost every day and night she was looking over everything. She was doing everything. She became so immersed, smoked a lot more cigars, a lot different varieties to build up her knowledge. I mean, the woman has worked her tail to the bone, and she has absolutely earned each and everything she's gotten. So this wasn't just a haphazard decision. You really earned it so much so 
that you earned more than you even thought you were probably going to get. And it's very, very deserving. Thank and you, I, and I can't tell people enough. It's not just a pretty face. There's a brilliant mind and a lot of work that she's done. This last year has been heck on her and her husband, but she hung in there and persevered. And Kyle's done an amazing job in supporting you. And the whole thing's been wonderful. So this is America at its best. Well done, Lou. Thank you. Thank you. You guys enjoy the rest of your cigars, and we'll see you we next will. week. Thank okay, you so now much. get out of here so we can get somebody all else right, in the mic. Right. Right. <laughs> thank you. All right. But anyway, back to the yeah. back to the talk topic. About, talk about being a self a, a selfless butter upper. I know. Uh, <laughs> now let me ask you this. Now yeah, you get back off of the your brown four, all fours now. No. <laughs> now let me ask you something. Is <laughs> that's anything, why he needs the KY? Is any is anything I said here today not factually accurate about Lou? Absolutely not. But you can condense it down into thirty seconds. It doesn't have to be. It was five a minute minutes. and a half. It's uh, five minutes. It was not I because was I looked at that. No, I was, I was watching the, the clock too. So don't yeah. even try that. I was because I knew. No, it, well, the Russ too. But look what, what Russ what? has done. Look yeah. what Russ has done. No, I know. I know. I mean, everything I said was true. But the thing is, if you don't really let people know how much thought, how much work, how much tireless yep. effort, how much vision I didn't went actually, into this place, I didn't actually mean to bring this up to have you continue we can, yeah, pontificating so well anyway <laughs> I, I just wanted to clarify <laughs> let's, things let's keep it moving but anyway so when we last left you chef eric was talking about the screen that they were going to put up to accommodate yep. but was that enough oh no 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 big brother came in and said what big brother which was the civil rights commission a federal a federal commission came in and said no uh, she is afforded the same rights as everyone else. Well, let's back up for a second. Yeah. You called her a she. Now, technically. No, no, this is what, this is what the Civil Rights Commission called him. Okay. Is a she. Her. All right. She, no, well, they, no, they it's refer, not her. It's they a They refer him. to this person as a she. As a she, absolutely. Well, that's why I said her. You said him. It's her. No, I'm saying, when I'm saying it's, it's him. See how confusing it I'm, is with us. I'm saying it's him. She, uh, the Civil Rights Commission said she when they referred to, right. to him. Right. So, you know, which makes you wonder, did you bother actually reading any of this before you made this ruling? But they are requiring them now to... Uh, forcing them. Forcing them to allow this person to be in there, uh, twig and berries and all, um, and making the young ladies in that locker room feel very uncomfortable. I'm sorry, this is a high school. Yeah. I would, I, I would have such an issue. Could you imagine? Could you imagine oh if Dominique God. were in a public school that that attended and Greek was allowed to go in there and change with well, her? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I, well, you could, <laughs> you could be going back be, to try to get your high school education. That would be awful. But stimulation to stay in a school. No, even if you were a kid, it would just, it would not end well for somebody. Because that's not going to happen. Now, how many parents right now are just aghast? Oh, these, I mean, they have to be horrified. I don't care how they feel about the LGBT issues or anything else it's like that. It's got nothing to do that with has it. Nothing it opens up so it. many. Inc- we, were, we were laughing about it to a certain extent before the show. But all of the so ridiculous possibilities, okay? Here's somebody that hasn't made the transition, all right? And I don't know how you, what, what, what the barometer is for determining whether somebody is truly into the tran- transgender or whatever. But you're going to have little boys coming out of the woodwork saying, well, yeah, I, I think I might be a girl, too. I, let, let me at least go in there I, and see. I, I don't think they'll come out of the woodwork. you got a couple of studs sitting over it, here going, yeah, yeah, but, like but bobblehead dolls. I don't, uh. really ca- I don't really care about that part of it because even if they do think they are, I, I don't think too many guys will put themselves up to say this is what I'm going to do because it, it means you're going to end up having to live that life. 
And I, I don't think they'll do but, that. But do got, you have to live that They've got life. access to the Internet. They don't need that to see the girls. What I do have an issue with is the young girls in there that being are going to be being forced to, to, to see him. That I've got an issue with. Now, the city of Houston got it right this election. Yes, that was another big election yeah, they had. They, uh, uh, they had an, an LGBT non-discrimination law that got uh, uh, shot down in a landslide that was going to prevent... Um, well, they, they didn't want people... In other words, what they wanted to do is they wanted to open up all the public bathrooms in, in yeah. Houston to anybody who wanted to go in there could go in there. And, of course, th- thank God for Texas, man. There's always a bit of sanity. When you think everything is lost, you go down to Texas, man. They seem to, they seem to keep things in perspective a little bit. But th- like you said, it wasn't just a close vote. No, it was a landslide. It was a landslide. Yeah. And I mean, but here's the thing. And, and, and we were talking with our musician friends here, and hopefully one of them will come up and join us here in a few minutes. And uh, come up and come up and join in. Come on. You can come up there. You're a musician. You're used to microphones. Get up here. Um, tell us your first name. J.D. J.D. Now, when you heard about this, what was your fir- what were your first thoughts? Uh, well, I first thought about my two girls because I have a three-year-old and a, a one-month-year-old. So, one-month-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even a year yet. So, I thought about later on in life, where where is this going to go? Because if it's, this is happening already and we're dealing with this kind of stuff, when they get to the age where they're in school. and That's a great point. They have to see all of this. They know that their their parents are not teaching them that kind of stuff. They know what they're, what they're seeing and what we're filtering out. So for them to actually be out there now and seeing all this, like my mother always said, like they're little sponges. Mm-hmm. So when they come home, we're going to have to squeeze out all that uh, garbage. That, right. that, that brings up a, a, another very important point. Great you've got, point, you've got a different perspective at home than what these kids are being exactly. uh, indoctrinated with at school. Exactly. So us having to deal with that and and having to explain okay well honey the way the government is now the way the state is now they're doing this and because even my my three-year-old i forgot what cartoon we were watching and one of the 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 male cartoon characters had a little tutu on and came out there and and she immediately said daddy daddy no that's a boy he's not supposed to be wearing that and so she knows what it's supposed to be and she she goes around saying she's a princess Mommy's a queen, daddy's yeah. a king. There you she go. knows that kind of thing. Right. So when she goes out there, that's, that's only going to confuse the child even more to say, wait, but yeah. you're inside here with me. You're, yeah, and, daddy, and daddy can be a queen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, daddy can be a queen. And we can no. go home and say, because your kids, especially nowadays, your kids are spending probably 75% of their time at school out in the world. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing. There's so much time being spent in the school systems. And that's why we need to take our school systems back. Exactly. And then the city tried, and then they got. Then they decided, well, they got such an uproar from the LGBT community, they decided to modify, and the modification wasn't good enough for the federal government, and so they just ripped it right out of the hands yeah. of, the, of the parents and said, we know what's best. This is what you're going to do. Exactly. Well, now, what would you do as a parent? Let's say you're, you're, uh, your kids are older now. Mm-hmm. They're in high school. This issue arises. What do you think your, your action is? Well, my wife and I, we discussed it already that – homeschooling would be uh, our our first option. go-to thing there you go because we know that um what we are teaching our kids no one else outside is going to be able to influence them as long as we're doing as long as you're doing, in control yeah uh, exactly yeah, as long as, we're, as long as we're setting the ground to say okay in my home yeah. like, this goes back to the biblical side of things as yes. far as for me in my house right so right. for me in my i don't care what someone is doing outside they they have to be accountable for their own selves and their own kids and everything like that but for us for me in my house 
we're not falling for that. We're not doing that. We're not going to accept that. I'm not. We love everybody. We love people. So right. if you're going to say, I'm not going to go out and malice you and say, okay, you're you're this. So I'm not talking to you. I'm not looking. No. I'm going to love you the same way that I'll, I'll, I'll love anybody else. But I'm not going to accept what you're doing. And I'm not going to teach my kids to accept it. So exactly. if they're trying to say, okay, you know, oh, yeah, this is okay. My kids are going to know. No. My daddy, my mom said, no, that's not okay. Right. Even if they're in college, they, nope, when I was growing, nope, that's not okay. Yeah. You can say I'll be your friend, we can be okay, but that's not okay, and I'm not going to. Well, as a parent, and mm-hmm. this is an important question, I hear this all the time because we were unfortunately not able to have children, but this question popped up. Do you, when I was growing up, one of, the, one of the things I thought was coolest when the parents were their kids' best friends, and they would brag about it. You yeah. know, my kids are my best friends, you know, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. My parents and I were not best friends. Yeah, no. We were, uh, we were uh, accommodating uh, entities yeah. in the same establishment. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the king and the queen of the roost mm-hmm. ran the roost. Yeah. And I had two choices from the time I could speak till the time they threw me. Well, I wasn't <laughs> but, but the But the rule was that's fine that your friends are, are, are best friends and they let yeah. their kids drink at 14 and mm-hmm. 15 because we're sitting there watching with them so we know it's going to be safer and they smoke pot in front of their parents. Ah, my parents are so cool. Those people have never accomplished a thing. Yeah. And they were best friends when we were younger. They didn't accomplish a thing. The parents that had discipline, mm-hmm. like mine, let me tell you something. We did yeah. achieve things exactly. because we didn't have the ability. And yet, my love for my parents was ten times stronger after I got older and realized that all the draconian things they did to mm-hmm. me, which I might add were probably well-deserved, yeah. um, thank God. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, my, um, I'm Jamaican, mm-hmm. so my parents were very strict growing up. We, my brother and I, we, we never <laughs> got to really do, do half of the stuff normal kids would get to do, like sleepovers and all that kind of stuff. And being young, we always thought, oh, man, this is the worst. Our parents yeah. are horrible. Yeah. But now I'm older. I have my own kids, and I look back on that. My wife and I, we talk about that all the time. Like, my kids, are they know daddy's daddy. I'll do the piggyback rides. We'll, we'll, we'll have tea parties. But at the end of the day, daddy's daddy. Mommy's mommy. My um, three-year-old, she's now at the stage because we have a newborn where she wants to be helpful. And it's her baby now yeah. to her, but she's getting into the, the um, scene where she wants to pick out her own clothes and do all of that. Oh, and, cool. But she's bridging that, that respect gap of saying, oh, I want to do it. I'm, but she needs to know that, okay, no, mommy still does this, <laughs> daddy still does this. So we have that conversation. I tell her, listen, you know who's, who's um, running things around here? And she says, mommy, daddy. <laughs> I'm like, are you the child or are you the parent? Child. She knows that at three. And it's clear, and like you said, you see the kids when they grow up, how how that role of oh oh me and my mom were our best friends. You see how they are. They don't respect wise. They have little to none for authority for 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 adults. They have because they, they they see it as equals. They see an older an elder person. They don't they don't really respect them. No respect. Yeah. Yeah. They have little to no respect for them because they think oh I'm I'm the same. We'll as just you. be friends. Yeah. We're yeah. just friends. You and you can see the ones that they had that kind of strict upbringing to where they're like okay if a elder person's on walking outside they'll open the door for them they'll help them at the grocery store they'll offer certain things they'll pick up something off the floor my wife was saying that the other day she went to the the store with um my daughter and these two um boys were were there and this elder lady had dropped some of her groceries and they just stood there and watched her pick it up 
and she was furious. And my my um, daughter was looking at looking at um, her mom, saying, "Oh, why didn't they pick it up?" See, that's great. And to to note because their generation, because you don't know what they're being taught at home, they probably were, they probably never told them that okay, you're supposed to help an elder, you're supposed yeah, to do that kind of thing. That's something that my parents always oh. kept on saying to us, like you you open the door for a lady. My wife knows that. I think that's one of the reasons why she married me because I would I would never let her touch a door. If she opened the door, I shut you're it. You're also a handsome man. That, that, that <laughs> that's, and you're a that, musician. That too. I know. Well, what what do you uh, do? You have a group that you perform? Oh with yeah, or? my um, myself and Justin Scott. We we um, have a jazz group. We we play around, and we also teach as well. Groove instructors. That's our company's name, and we teach uh, in in Atlanta and Georgia. So, yeah. But well, if people want to get a hold of you, after hearing you today, if there are people out there that may be interested. Especially at Christmas time, it's a good time maybe to give your kids a birthday or a Christmas present oh, of, of music. Tell us the name of your, how they can get a hold of you, telephone number, everything. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it's, our website is um, being built at the moment. But as far as telephone numbers, my number for guitar lessons, piano, anything of that sort, it would be 678-630-9197. That's J.D. Robinson. And um, Justin Scott, if you will come up and tell his information. But we, um, Justin. <laughs> And Come he on, does, Justin. He does yeah. drums as well. Hi, I'm Justin Scott. I teach drum lessons. Uh, my phone number is uh, 719-499-9733. Well, guys, congratulations. Congrat continued success in your jazz and uh, continued success in what you're doing with your families because we were talking before the show. You came last week, and you yeah. were newbies, and you enjoyed it. You really enjoyed yourselves. You enjoyed what, what yeah, you definitely. were hearing, and... And well, they've been, they've been here before last yeah, week, though. Well, I know, but last, last week I noticed they really... Oh, you noticed them the finally. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Well, no, it's not that I noticed them finally, but, but I noticed saying, that... I'm just saying, you said he was a handsome man, that. so... <laughs> he's he's going down that I'm path. I'm still the king in my family, so don't, don't yeah, get carried yeah, away. Right. But anyway, continued success in your jazz career, your teaching career, and continued success for your family, because your family will be a major contributor to our country in the future because they've got the discipline, they've got the right ideals, and we can make a difference. Yes. One family at a time, we can make Definitely. a difference. Definitely. Well, thank you, J.D. I appreciate it. Great, man. Hopefully, if you got some more comments, you'll come up and join us again. Take the cigar out of your <laughs> mouth when you're talking. Yeah, about. really. It would be nice if you if you were not well, mumbling into the microphone. Settle down. My but, God, but, all the by critics. The, by the way, I want drum lessons. Uh, it's always been my dream to play drums. Now, I, I played I played piano. I, I mean, I've got some music background in the in, in the distant past, but man, drums are, are the thing I've always wanted to play. So your wife is gonna love that. Oh yeah. yeah I, I can use one of the electric sets with the you know the headsets on it. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, but see, this is once again, this is what Cutters does. It brings great minds, great people, great thoughts together, and uh, take care, guys. And it's 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 a wonderful experience, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Now, getting back to this thing, this 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 whole idea, and, and this goes, now I know the Justice Department or the Civil Rights Division got involved, but here's what I, what we need well, to I'm, do. Well, I'm still a little confused here. Are, are there laws now on the books that protect the civil rights of a transgender person? It's, it's not. It's garbled. It's not that it's, it's a person. So there are, there are laws on the books protecting people. Right. And regardless of gender, that's a person. Okay, so, but but, but, but I can't go into that locker room. You can't go into that locker room and change. Right, because they've made this declaration. So, 
Um, so I looked up. So the they word. were referred to as, or in this case, he's referred to as her. Her rights and and she because can she do this. because this person decided they wanted to declare themselves this. There's, That's right. There are uh, look. This is a. There this is no is, litmus test. This is not a. Uh, anything we're going to be able to solve in this discussion because even the the counseling community is split uh, is split on this as to is this real is this people that are just due to environmental reasons in in other words how they've grown up what they've seen maybe they this is what they decide there are kids and I, I will say there are kids that are as young as one and two years old the boys are just using um, you, you know they're going to play dress up and they're putting on the dresses and things like that i gotta tell you that's not learned behavior from anybody it just happens so there is well there are chromosomal issues too with some people there are Uh, and and so you have to figure out how you make accommodations for this my issue is this if you think you are but you're not yet um then don't make it uncomfortable for everyone else if you are and you you're sure and you want to change then change the equipment you know, if that's what you've got to do, go change the equipment and become that. And if but you're 15 in Oregon, you can get it done for free, and you don't even have to tell well, your parents. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, crazy. but this but this comes back to a basic. <laughs> that's going to be a shock when they come home from Christmas break. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mom. Uh, hey, Dad. Uh, we're going to have to bring all your presents back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the, the sweatsuit <laughs> we bought you is not the right color. Um but, but listen, it is not, and please do not confuse this, that we are bashing any particular group or individuals. This is not what this is about. This is about, and this is where it gets confused, and this is where one side wants to confuse the issue. They want to stir it all up. They want to get all this conversation. And then if you tend to disagree with the fact that I don't want my daughter going in a locker room with a guy to, to expose all their parts, take showers with at all, because I don't want that happening does not mean in any way, shape, or form that I'm against transgendered people, homophobic. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with what's right and what's wrong. And the common sense to me is, is just so clear here. As Eric was just saying, as long as you've still got the equipment, you just go to the door that is set up for that equipment. That's right. And if you make the transition, then fine. But in order to keep it simple, in order to keep uh, some type of rules in place where it's easy to to make the determination, I think you have to go by the obvious. Well, you would think so, and common sense would dictate that that's the way it is. But see, in today's society, because, and it starts at the top, we constantly remind you, when you're president of the United States, you take all the good things that happen, but all the bad things that happen fall on your shoulders, too. And this whole idea. Unless they're George Bush's fault. Yeah. Well, all, yeah then he's, then he's involved fault. and never gets any credit. Right. But, uh, you know, here's the thing, though. I really, truly believe this from the, from the core of my being. Because I disagree with you on any issue does not, does not mean that I should be labeled into this broad brush of homophobe, xenophobe, anything else. It's just I have a different opinion. And when it comes to this particular issue, if you, if I can't even, the, the number would be less than one one-hundredth of a percent, I would imagine, of transgendered people out there if you t- that are really legitimately, not the guys that, well, now that I can get in a locker room, but, I mean, that are really, really transgendered. It would be much less than one percent. 
So we're going to accommodate, in this case, let's say the average. I, I went to a school that was in Chicago, they're pretty big schools, but I went to a school that was 850 people. Okay, there were probably 30 to 40 women in the women's locker room at any given time for PE class and everything. So I'm going to just venture guess there's 50 women in there, 50 young ladies in there, because the one person in the whole school that has stepped up and said, I do not feel comfortable. Now, the definition of transgendered is it's, it's like why psychologists have so much. All you have to do to be technically transgendered is say, I, in my heart and soul, I believe I am the opposite sex of what my genitalia is. That's all there is to it. Now, so 49 or 50 women now have to be totally uncomfortable, have to be totally shocked, embarrassed, all the things that happen. Yep. They have to be put that way because one person, yep. and this is what happens when the federal government controls the purse string on the dollars that come to that school, if the school were to argue with them, the first thing the, the feds would do is say, okay, we're canceling your funding. That's $13,550 per student. Right. So this is where the founding fathers had it right. We do away with the Department of Education. We do away with the federal meddling. We give all the money, instead of the money going to the federal government where they have control of the money, you put the money back to the states and to the jurisdictions and say, okay, now when they decide, guess what? We're not going to do what you say you're going to do. They have no, no other option than to try to take them to court, and I would love to see that court case. Yep. You don't know so, nowadays, though. <laughs> so so, so I, I propose now that we move on to some international uh, and Please do. some other domestic news. Uh, so uh, Iran, which, of course, with the, uh, the deal we've done with them, they're now going to be our best friend, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. So uh, the first Kentucky Fried Chicken um, restaurant opened in Iran on Sunday night. And there were lines literally out the door. I mean, it, it, w it went very well. They, got, they had gotten uh, approval from the uh, Ministry of Industry and uh, Trade and Mines and whatever. And uh, everything was great. It's, it's a halal KFC restaurant. So it's uh, good for, you know, the Muslims can eat it. Uh, that's fine. Um, the, one day later, the police came in and shut it down. And the reason given was that it was too American-looking. Uh, they, they, uh, they said specifically the decor was too closely resembling the U.S. flag, and its presence can be, quote, seen as part of American influence into Iranian culture. And then they, the f they further went on and said that the U.S. is one of Iran's major enemies, and this will have grave dangers for the country. In other words? Yeah. So Colonel's got a beard. <laughs> but it's amazing how the people wanted it but yeah. this is what happens my friends when you go down that slippery slope where you start letting the government have more and more control of your lives this is what happens because a few theocrats decide that kentucky fried chicken is ugly and hideous now all the people well, no, no, want they're, it they're just com no they're just saying that it, it, the decor looked like the American flag. I mean, right. it, it, it probably would have been fine uh, other than that. So this is, I mean, what the, where the government has done is, is, is the misconception as Obama's foreign policy has been such a disaster from, from square But he one. doesn't whine. 
Oh, no, he doesn't whine. Right, that's that's a great point. He, whatever. Uh, and and it's just it's just this is what happens when you don't uh, speak up, right? I think most people in the country didn't make their, their feelings known about this Iran deal. No, um, I think a lot of people felt helpless, too. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that have been kicked so many times, but that, you know, they just they give but up. They, they had public outcry come out from the left about this, oh. and it did to a certain extent. I mean, even some of the some of the lawmakers uh, had issues with it, but until they got bought off, until basically until they got bought off. So, but I just feel like you know this is what's happening now. We're 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 doing deals with countries that are shutting businesses down because it looks too American. All right, let's go in and any Iranian flag, any Muslim flag, any you know whatever. We're going to shut down those businesses because they shouldn't have that. Let's see, in America, we have the freedom to where those people oh, can't have Oh, that's their, the difference, you know, isn't it? And is when we make deals with countries like Iran where they have people have no freedom. Um, and and let's, again, my opinion, but let's don't forget that we make deals with countries like Iran right now because we have an administration that is sympathetic to their their cause. Well, because he's a Muslim. I didn't say that, <laughs> but I think he. I think he. Uh, I think he. Uh, I. I. I just, how would you describe it? I, he's a Muslim. No, yeah. I, I don't think. He, I, I think he's a social. I think he's a Stalinist. Actually, I, I don't think he he's has an a God. anti-colonialist he, he does, who yeah, wants he, to who wants to be the power broker in the Middle East. He I truly he, believe he wants someone other than Israel to be the power broker in the Middle East, and now. To Eric's point, many would suggest that that's exactly what he is. I mean, if you listen. I don't think he has a God. I think he's like many liberals. They're, they're, well, they're, I'm, they're I'm sorry. Most of the Islamic extremists don't have a God either. They, they, they are pretending to have a God in order to meet their, their purposes. But there's no way that if you do have a, a true God whether it's Allah or any any other form but of a God. But the Quran does talk about violence against, uh, you know, so they, they are following the tenets of the Quran. Well, so, you know, I mean, Muhammad specifically is is the one who taught about the uh, about that. And you're, you're right. I mean, there is violence within that culture. There's, as somebody is sure to point out, there's always been violence within the, uh, Christian col- Not culture. Not so much in the New Testament, though. Well, no, um, but if you just look at the actions of Christians, oh, well, sure. I mean, if oh, you look well, at I, uh, yeah, a- everything from you know inquisitions to uh, to uh, some of the holy wars, depending on which side you were, uh, there were there were issues. So uh, I'm not going to begrudge somebody, you know, their beliefs. I just wish he would have been honest about his beliefs uh, when he. Uh, you know, when he ran, he wouldn't have won. Well, of course he, w- he of course he wouldn't have run. But you know, but if, if people had been allowed to talk about Reverend Wright, Reverend Wright was a follower of Islam before he converted. Yeah. Well, and why so. did he convert? <coughs> because he had more of an opportunity to make money. I had as to make a money. That's exactly right. That's so, uh, right. you know, I mean, but it, but it goes on and on. I'm looking at the the snapshot headlines right now. Very interesting. Breitbart primary October results. Trump wins. Cruz surging. Ted booms post-debate. Rubio ticks up. Fiorona slips. 
and the ice, you know that Russian plane that blew up? Yeah. Ru- the, yeah. The, so the, the Russian plane, uh, the P- British prime minister has come out and said that this was uh, an explosive device on the, uh, on the plane, which I, I don't know. Didn't they detect a, a flash from, from yeah. a satellite? Yeah, well, they did, and they also saw, and also, if you look at the debris field, it's so extensive. It's spread. No, but it's it's um, it, it's spread in all directions, which is Meaning indicative that it was that something came apart. In yeah, a vi- it, in a violent way. In a violent way that it, I mean, in, in 360 degrees, it basically came apart in midair, and you know, there was even a theory at one point that a meteor had potentially struck a plane, which isn't as crazy as you think because it 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 has nearly happened before and there are quite a few meteors every day that hit so it could have been a, a, a plausible excuse but now that we've seen uh that there was a preliminary uh, explosion uh, or primary explosion on the plane you know now you know now th- what i what i'm not understanding is now what is russia going to do exactly because they haven't been peppering isis at all no no they've been blasting away at the troops that we're supporting but here's the latest after British officials announced, which was earlier today, they voiced suspicions that a bomb destroyed a plane over the Sinai Peninsula. That, By the way, it was 224 souls were lost in that plane. We yeah. can't forget that. I think there were about 25 children on the plane. Yes. An American official just came out, just now came out and said, U.S. intelligence also has, quote, a definite feeling it was an explosive device planted in luggage or somewhere on the plane, and they're giving the credit to ISIS. And ISIS took uh, credit, credit for it initially, which they uh, I don't think we've seen a situation where they've taken credit that it hasn't turned out to be that, uh, that that's what they did. So, so. But they're thinking that this was more of an, of an internal explosion from something planted in luggage as opposed to maybe a, a rocket RPG that was fired. Or something, yeah, because the Russians came out and said, no, 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 it wasn't. This is yeah. the Russians response. Well, oh, it wasn't terrorism. It wasn't a no, and, no, but it wasn't technical. And it was so they took absolutely no responsibility. But. In saying that it wasn't anything, obviously, with the plane, because it's a Russian plane, it's, you know, it's good stuff. No, they, they, they quickly debunked that one. But they also said, but it wasn't uh, a I, terrorist I, attack. I think what they said, actually, was it is premature to say anything about this, this Very well situation. there, Mr. Putin. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm just practicing for Yes, for, <laughs> for, for yeah. if the Hildebeest gets elected. Uh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, it's, but this is what this is exactly what we're talking about when when the president stands there and laughs and makes a joke about if you can't take the pressure of cnbc how do you think you're going to handle putin and russia we this is <laughs> and, 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 and let's not talk let's not forget isis and iran what have we pressured them on nothing they have if if you went back and looked at what the iranians wanted four years ago before they went into the negotiations four years ago and you look at what they signed it was almost identical. So for four years, we danced around and danced around and danced around until the Iranians needed the money so bad. Now, who do you think, where do you think the money of this $150 billion that started leaking into their economy, where do you think it's going? Do you think it's going to help the people? No. Uh, no. But, hey. It's going to go help the military machine. I and mean, ISIS. Now, they say they're trying to kill ISIS. And they're, I, you know, I don't, I'm not. Totally sold yet uh, about the linkage between ISIS and Iran. I think that um, ISIS is actually a threat to Iran uh, because the, the the foundation of the caliphate is is really not what Iran is looking for. Iran would love Israel to be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iran would love the U.S. to be gone, but they are 
um, but ISIS wants to wants to reform the caliphate. I'm not sure that Iran is looking for that war. I think what they're looking for is I think they're going to do everything to support them on one side, support them on one side, and you know it's kind of like here's some money here. No, 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 don't stop, don't stop. <laughs> you know how many times did you hear that when you were growing up, Eric? Never. But yeah, that's yeah. Well, <laughs> please. Once again, my friends, his credibility was laid on the line, and he failed miserably. Uh-huh. But anyway. I think that they're doing that because they know at the end of the day, if they want to stop ISIS, they're not they're not going to have any problem wiping ISIS out if they want to. If Iran really wanted to get rid of them, so what they're doing is they're helping get rid of the United States, they're helping to you know they're helping to get rid of Assad, they're helping to get rid of a lot of things that they wanted them to do all the dirty work. Weaken while they're Israel's saying, position yeah, in the region, and, and and they're saying, well, of course we don't support them. We would never support them. But by the way, money goes to Al Qaeda. And Al-Qaeda shifts money because there was talk about Al-Qaeda has a great kinship to ISIS. And so some of that money flows this way and that way. And Iran just sits back and waits until it everybody is gone that they want gone. And then they step in and smash them like a bug. And then all of a sudden, guess what? They're the top of the heap again. So I believe that there is a definite linkage there. Well, there, there, there may be a, a plan uh, for them to... Uh, take advantage of the situation at, at some point. That that may be the case, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think that they're directly uh, assisting them. Well, it's it's like uh, because they don't, ISIS doesn't need their help. They don't need their money. No. They've, got, they've got the oil fields. They're making right. plenty of money themselves. And ultimately, you know, money is going to be the di- the division between Iran and ISIS. Right. Um, because all, all of a sudden, they're going to become a capitalist enterprise to a certain extent uh, in the course of creating this caliphate. And by the way, this is something that uh, Glenn Beck warned of years ago and was 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 crazy was. Yeah, he was marched off the uh, the air, essentially basically driven to incredible depression, even uh, based on how people perceived his, uh, you know, his his concepts. And it's all turning out to be exactly true. So much of what we were talking about back in that period of time from 2007 to 2010 has come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and, and you don't hear you don't hear enough people calling them out for that. You know, where where are the responsible journalists to go back and say, <laughs> well, you know, in 2008, Walter, Walter Cronkite's dead. Yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, and, and I think so many of them. Journalism is and I, yeah. I, I think Kevin's right. I think so many of them now are concerned about the next rung of, up the ladder, that they don't want to, uh, they don't want to make waves with, um, with people in power in Washington that can keep them, uh, that that can cut the access off. And if you cut the access off, then you, you pretty much end somebody's career. Well, it, it, no, no network is going to be interested in, in hiring somebody if they've got a reputation of not being able to play, play along with the people they're going to need to have contact with. Well, you know, here's an interesting stat that was just released, and we're giving you this stuff as it's coming out, so you don't even need to watch TV. You can listen to us. You shouldn't watch TV. Yeah. Gun sales set a record for oh, the yeah. sixth month in a row. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, background checks, gun sales. Um, I mean, um, honestly, the gun industry says that uh, Obama and Hillary are the best, best thing for <laughs> the gun industry ever, which is pretty uh, awesome. Um yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, ac- I've actually uh, got an order in on two uh, new ARs 
um, myself. So. And, and that's just, I, to me, that's a reflection of the, the sentiment of the country as a whole. Uh, the, 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 uh, Hillary is not going to be able to play this Second Amendment thing in a general election and get any traction. The people that she's already got supporting her, she's yeah. got those people already. She's got the genitalians. She doesn't, she doesn't need that, that vo- to, to, to attract anybody uh, who are already anti-gun. And I, I, I think the more she pushes it, She's better for us. Well, the anti-gun states are going to run. They're going to run red uh, Red. or blue anyway. No, the the red is Republican, blue is a Democrat. That's what I said. They're going to run blue. The anti-gun states are going to run blue. The anti-gun is going to run blue. You're right. They're going to run blue. I mean, so California, uh, Oregon, Washington. Yeah, they're New York. Although I don't, I'm I'm going to be very interesting in Illinois because every day. When Illinoisans pick up their newspaper and see how many more sixteen people murdered this weekend, yeah, in, uh, in three days, and they're going to start, they're going to start looking and saying, you know what, I better start thinking about having a weapon in my house, right? And Illinoisans, yeah, they can, you know, Chicago has always been its own entity, yeah. politically speaking, sure, uh, and it it was always the blue in a sea of red, and then right. it it started to. Si- trickle down to where it became a sea of blue or pink well, or whatever it's blue and red. Chicago became so violent that the the uh, supporters had to move out to the suburbs to, to get uh, away from to, it. to get away with it or uh, away <laughs> like, from like, it. like New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, but I think but I think and and back to the the original point, I really think we're beginning to see I mean just the headlines that just came out a few minutes ago about how certain candidates are surging, how certain candidates are dominating. You notice the ones that aren't dominating in the Republican Party are the uh, Lindsey Graham's, the Kasich, the um, the Jeb Bushes. They're all tumbling yeah. because as it gets closer, people are paying more attention and they're starting to realize, you know, this country is really has been headed in the wrong direction for seven years. And as last year, it's being foisted upon us worse and worse. And the more shows like ours that bring this information out there that tell you about the high school in Chicago, that tell you about all these things that are going on, that are going on because you may not notice it, but one day and every day it's coming closer and closer to the average person who I believe the average American is a, is a middle-of-the-road, hardworking, yeah. constitutionalist, religion-bearing person. Yep. And they're, they're now getting really angry and really <sighs> fed up. I don't know that they're. I, I don't know. I wouldn't give them as much credit as you when you talk about constitutionalists and, and religious bearing, because most of the most of the studies and the surveys that have come out in the last few years have shown religion on a decline overall. And certainly, I don't think people have as high a regard for the Constitution when something is waved in front of their face, uh, some type of new goodie is, is becomes available to them. They they want to push the Constitution aside. But I think you're seeing, too, when they start trouncing on certain rights in the Constitution, I think you start seeing, I, I believe, and I saw a stat, now I saw the stat you're talking about where religion is starting to be on the decline, but I've also seen a number of stats that said religion is on the rise, especially with young people. So I guess it's like polls anywhere else. You know, you'll see polls one way or the other. But, I, but in just the grass core of people, even the people, Cutters is a great example of cross-the-board different kinds of people, different thoughts. But if you talk to almost every one of them at, at the tea party, they start off with a, with a uh, prayer. I mean, it's, it's out there. It's just not getting the attention. It's not getting the buzz. And anytime the media can find something to throw a wrench into it, they're going to say, look at this poll, look at this poll. Well, plus if they ridicule something, people tend to, to, 
to not hide it, but but go quiet on that. If if, if the media and if uh, the the society built up around that media um, ridicules something, they people people don't tend to to lead with it. So now, by the way, it's it's the end of the show, so we need, we need to hit uh, winners, winners and, and losers. losers. All yeah. right. Well. So I'm going to start with you. With me. Yes. Okay. My winner this week. All hail Notre Dame. Oh, that was a huge win for Notre Dame. They beat Temple. You know, no. <laughs> Temple was 7-0, and and they have a very, very good team. And who team. did they beat? Yeah, let's not get into the details. <laughs> they beat Rutgers. They beat uh, Boston College. They beat uh, – Boston College is not a horrible program. Well, they got a losing record. Well, yeah, uh, there are teams out there. Look at Georgia. They played, They're not a they horrible team. Fordham. Yeah, they are. That's, that, uh, that's coming up in a few <laughs> seconds. <laughs> okay. Ahead, but anyway, but my, uh, my loser this week – is Mark Rick. I mean, what a tough loss. I mean, I should have some dibs on that. Well, no, you can go into it. No, I said Mark Rick. You can say University of Georgia. I'm saying well, I'm Mark not Rick the whole personally. Uh, I think Mark Rick is a damn good coach. I think he's got the right priorities. I think he's, he's, he's a good man. And the toughness of being in his position, I mean, after the game, when he put his hand around his other coach, kind of walking off, it was kind of like the conversation, well, where are we going to be next week? <laughs> so those are my, my winners and losers. All right. Mark? My winners are going to be the Kansas City Royals in the city yeah, of Kansas absolutely. City. They turned out 800,000 people for that parade uh, yesterday. And out of 800,000 people, there were three arrests. Yeah, I mean, they no did car it. burnings. Yeah, yeah they, they did it the right happen, way. Right? Uh, a bunch of people got out there, support their city and their team. And, and the team just played. You know, they came from behind in all four of their wins. And we have a little bit of trivia that happened after that game. Do you know that now there is only one person on the face of the earth that can brag about being the manager of a World Series team and the crew member on a championship NASCAR team? Ned Yost during the 94 strike. Ned Yost spent the last two months of the NASCAR season as the rehydration engineer on Dale Earnhardt's team, and they won the championship in 94. No now, you want to know what a rehydration cool. engineer is, he right? He gives them the water. He's the guy that has the pole <laughs> and sticks yeah. it through, but yeah. he was still a crew member. So, That's awesome. So, so Kansas City will be my winner. My loser is going to still be the, uh, he's gonna be Mark Richt, and I, I, I buy into everything you're saying. I do believe he's a very, very principled man. I think he's a great human being. But the realities of the fact remain that the Southeastern Conference is a multi-billion-dollar business, if you don't want to play in that environment, there are a lot of programs that would love to have a Mark Richt. But if you're going to make the decision to be in that type of a program, then you have to do everything. You have to get your, the, the most bang for your buck, and that's to go out and to find a coach that's willing to play <laughs> at a level that is going to be team. more competitive, uh, if that's what it takes. <laughs> no, here we go. Uh, here we go. Mr. Mr. All-American. Mark Rick's been there 15 years. Yeah. Other programs have gone through transitions. They've, they've gone through coaching changes. You have four teams in the SEC that have coaches that have been there at less time than Mark Rick who have all won national championships. Yeah. 15 years is a long time to be a coach at one program nowadays. I and agree. I think he's just uh, – I think he's, he's plateaued. He, he's not going to be able to, to go on from here. I think and now you get to wrap it up. So I've got two winners and two losers, I suppose. Why, one, why one, do you get well, two? Well, one sport and one political. So right. the winners, I got to give it to Florida. I I, I was uh, very impressed with their, you know, they're a good team. They're they're a good solid team. I think they've they've proven that, and uh, they're forced to be reckoned with. And I think that will invite you back. I think they're and my loser is Georgia, <laughs> by the way, along the same token. 
Uh, but from a political perspective, I'll tell you, I think the winner is Ben Carson um, coming out in a national poll uh, against Hillary Clinton as the top choice, 50 percent to 40 uh, percent for Hillary, uh, whereas Trump, who's at the top of the polls, is at a dead heat tie with Hillary. So that, to me, speaks volumes uh, about uh, what, what uh, Dr. Carson has done. And then the, my loser is going to be Hillary Clinton uh, for pretty much the same reason. She loses to every one of the candidates, including Chris Christie, Rubio, Cruz. I mean, everybody. She loses to everybody uh, in these national polls. And her comments now on the Second Amendment ha are now locked in stone. They're on tape. They're ready for use during the general election. And I think it's going to cause her issues. But you notice since the debates... How many times has she come out and spoken to the media? She's been silent. She's done speeches. She's gone before popular. And I will finish with this. Mark Levin made an offer to Hillary and to President Obama. Come on my show for a one-hour debate, and I will give $100,000 to your favorite charity. We'll be respectful, and he always is. Yeah. But we will debate you. Bring it on. And they're not going to do it. Well, that's it, folks. We're wrapping it up for What's Your Point here live from Cutter Cigar Emporium in Alpharetta, Georgia. Next week I will be down at in the PCB. Yes, next you next week you'll be uh, you'll be dialing in from yep. uh, Panama City Beach uh, while uh, while Mark and I take the reins. So until next week, we will see you. To our friends, uh, to our troops, and our first responders, you always have our most gracious appreciation. God bless y'all. God bless America, and God willing, we'll be talking to you next week on What's Your Point.